0: I've heard of fixed squirrels, but broken bats? You're listening to the run.
1: It is
0: the run. Hi, hello. How Yin's doing? This is the Run, the comic book podcast, where we look at certain runs, be it creators, characters, or sagas. Right now, we are looking at Nightfall, and we're finally getting into the nitty gritty about it—the main storyline of Nightfall, Part One: Broken Bat. With me, as always, is my friend Jonathan Kovacs. How are you Hi. doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm and trying
2: to fend off a dog here.
0: Fed up with the dog there? Do you fend need a dog? off a dog? I'm oh, good. fending off. Do you need yeah. him out of the room? Is he? No, too he's much? all right. Okay, uh, and. Back from special assignment, Christopher Boyce. Hello, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, again, as always.
0: Sweet. Uh, How was your assignment?
1: Uh, Assignment was well. Uh, Steelers are doing good in the standings. Penguins are also kicking the shit out of Canada. Uh, Yeah, everything's going cool on the West Coast here.
0: Neat. Um, So, uh, I like how I just dismissed that. Like, yeah, cool. Anyway. (laughs)
1: Sports, fuck you. Yeah.
0: So, uh... Chris may sound different because from the last episodes because you know, he's on the West Coast, so he had to come to us via the Internet. So we're trying to make this sound as good as possible. I apologize for any snafus, but uh, we'll get better at this. Anyway, uh, you missed out on the prelude, so you wanted to go over a few things that you wanted to talk about that we may have missed or you just want to talk about in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys really hit all the points that I was going to make. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that at the time of recording, you guys didn't talk about Batman's dick at all, because that was a big thing.
0: I think at the but, time when we recorded that, Batman's dick wasn't in the press yet. Uh,
1: I think it uh, was, but I thought... It was really fresh. Uh,
2: that's a whole other podcast to talk about, because I don't want <laughs> to Especially, uh, about The unfortunate outcome is that uh, DC doesn't have the balls to... Uh, literally have mature books apparently, unlike Marvel with their stuff. Because they did you hear that read or hear that they canceled the black book? Was it Black Box or Black the uh, Black Label?
1: Black Label. They already, can, yeah. they already
2: canceled the book, and they already canceled Black Label.
1: Really? Now that's a yes. shame because yes. uh, yeah, the the more mature context is like the content is fantastic. I mean, look at the Max runs with Marvel. Like all those books are pretty damn intense and really good reads, especially Punisher. If you ask me.
0: Yeah, I I was actually looking through the Punisher books in my uh, basement the other day. I was trying to look at stuff to sell, and there was a lot of Punisher Max stuff, especially Christmas-related things for some reason. There was always a Christmas special. I never realized that until (laughs) now.
2: See, my whole thing with it is that uh, I think it's fine that they were going that way. It's just unfortunate that Warner Brothers has no idea of what direction they need to go with any of their media. I mean, uh, case in point, look at all their movies. They can't get a direction with their any of their movies. You know, Jim Lee and uh, I forget who was with him on that. Jeff bla- Johns? No, it's somebody else was with him on that Black Label stuff. And oh, they uh, they go on a limb and, they're, and DC's like, nope, nope, we're done, we're done. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's a shame. They have vertigo. But yeah, that's, but that's again, like canon, you know... Yes. Uh, Look at the fact that they barely got off the, uh, running with was it all-star Batman and Robin, which wasn't adult oriented. It, it was, but it wasn't. It's just that they, they can't seem to, uh, do any uh, decent adult content.
1: Right. It seems like, I think the, uh, the best thing that they do is their animation, you know, like the, the animated justice league stuff is really good. you know, it goes even back in the day to the animated series. And now yeah. with like this Harley Quinn comic or, uh, Video uh, cartoon coming out. It looks it looks really funny from the teaser. So
0: I don't know. I I haven't personally seen that yet. The only thing I've really seen was the uh, Titans live action trailer. Yeah, I haven't watched the show yet because I'm not going to subscribe to the streaming service until there's until it's worth it, I guess. And there's a fun fact:
2: uh, Netflix is streaming that show outside of the U.S. So yeah, capitalism, right. <laughs> America, great. Yeah. Hey, awesome, great.
0: Yeah, they uh, Netflix has weird deals like that. They did that with the movie Annihilation. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. It, was out, it was like a limited run in theaters and it was just day and date with Netflix uh, outside the US.
1: But um, yeah, points uh, from the last episode. I mean, you guys pretty much hit all the stuff that I wanted to say, which was Headhunter fucking sucks. Yeah, um, dude. Metalhead,
0: he's, he's the fucking worst. Metal,
1: yeah, he's, he is really bad. Uh, Metalhead hates comedians. Um, <laughs> I know you said you liked him, but no, he fucking sucks. Oh, um,
0: come on. He's a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, black mask is fucking stupid in his zoot suit with take a mask and it's just a welcome to the club. Um, I liked that he was one of uh, fucking up people's faces with the mask. Um, they had a scene where he put a pig mask on someone and I was just like, Hey, kind of like a little professor pig nod, like 15 years before he was created. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, he black mask has a butterface girlfriend that he pulled off the streets. She looked fantastic for a homeless person. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Jonathan said, yeah, that the, the homeless yeah. people have access to the best gyms, basically.
1: Yes, uh, I think Azrael's outfit looks fucking stupid in hindsight with his head tassels. Yeah, there was a panel of Bane in issue four eighty nine where Bane has ridiculous shoulder hair. It looks like his they just gave his shoulder spikes. <laughs> like, it was so bushy.
0: Yeah, Jim Aparo has a weird way of drawing Bane's body hair. He goes out of his yeah. way to make him ridiculously hairy, but they don't really color it in. So, yeah, he looks kind of weirdly spiky.
1: Yes, um, just like you know, feign the hedgehog. Um, that was the issue. I believe that he fought killer Croc and again, loved the point that he knew that that wasn't Batman, that it was an imposter. And then with the Arkham breakout, um, uh, we went back to our old friend, uh, surface to air missile launchers. Yes.
0: <laughs> they really love those things. Or Denny yes. O'Neill loves those things in general.
1: Yeah. Throughout his whole run as editor, they pop up a lot and yeah. they will pop up again in a bit.
0: Yes. Yes, they will. What did you think about that panel of him going yarg at the end?
1: Oh, I thought of uh, the World's Greatest Cry meme from the intervention. Just... (laughs) (laughs) That was the 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 first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, that and Lucius Fox jacking off. Yeah, Lucius uh, Fox jacking off was hilarious, of course. But if you just YouTube World's Greatest Cry, it'll be the first result. That's what I heard.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's from the show intervention where he just... They've remixed that in different ways and stuff like that, and auto-tuned them <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, that, that's a good video. So here we are. We're finally into Nightfall proper. Uh, did you guys? Did you guys know anything about the Writer's Summit for this? Because they caught a lot of they caught a lot of flack for this because this happened around the same time as Death of Superman, and people thought they were aping Death of Superman. It's just like another big event book, and apparently they've been planning this for three years.
2: Well, three that's what I yeah. Years? I mean because. Yeah. All the venom stuff and all the stuff we talked about before—it's it,
0: yeah. So like this wasn't in retaliation to oh man, Superman was Death of Superman sold so well. This has been going on. Let's see, this came out in ni- late '92, early '93. So they've been planning this since late '89, 1990.
2: Yeah, and uh, when I was reading this, uh, there's a couple lines here and there that initially uh, I feel like I guess the Death of Superman always would have they would have always brought Superman back, but I'm wondering yeah. if they rushed him back faster. Because again, when we read that the the number of books in the death of Superman stuff is a lot less than the Batman stuff, and you know, at the, again, like I say, at the time readers probably had no idea what was going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out like similar similar idea that you know in the movies, and uh, you uh, this will touch a note with you. Whenever the uh, Transformers movie came out, and they killed Optimus Prime, oh, and all one, the people, yeah. it, all the kids were like crying in the movie theater. And then it was a couple months later when they brought out the G.I. Joe movie and they got all that flack for killing Optimus Prime so they made a point of not killing Duke. Yeah, the main and, character um, for the G.I. Joes. I mean, I could see why they got a lot of flack for it, but if you when you when you read it, you can see that there was always they were always never going to keep Bruce away. Yeah, the whole the readers at the time would have never known that.
0: Yeah, the whole point was to prove this was also an answer to all the extreme shit coming out this time that I love, uh, unironically, yeah. the Rob Liefeld image movement, people with guns, people with pouches, armor on top of armor. Denny O'Neill said, this is to explain this stuff doesn't work this way, and we're going to show you why. The extreme superhero, anti-hero, dark hero sucks, and we're going to give it to you and show you over time that you want Traditional Batman, he works for a reason. While all this other stuff, think about it. How many characters from the mid '90s do we really remember that were, you know, everyone in Rob Liefeld's universe? For instance, like we know Young Blood. Chris, do you know? Can you remember anyone else? A cardiac from Spider-Man shows up from time to time. Oh, uh, I mean, well, Eric
1: larson Deadpool, and. Was Deadpool and Cable around at that time? With, yeah, there uh, would be uh, the Phillip exception. To, that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be is ones X-Force? that come out of that. But yeah, those guys, I mean, at the time, that was an answer to them.
1: I, I mean, if that. you're talking about his image, Youngblood, I mean, Badrock is the only person that I can remember the name of. What about Shaft or Riptide or
0: Troll? God,
1: don't you know any of them? Uh, I know that's one of those guys <laughs> has a bow and arrow, right? Yeah, Shaft.
2: I mean, I Die still remember all the, I still remember all the Wildcats but they weren't a life out. They were a Jim Lee, but it was still yeah, that same. Exactly. Same, same motif. Yeah. It was just
0: ridiculous bullshit bolted on the stuff and people go in more extreme. Like I, like I said, so this was a, this was kind of a, a case study plus an answer to why this stuff won't work. And they're going to show it to you over two years. Why? Well, that, which is a illness. pretty ballsy move for Denny O'Neill because this stuff was, that stuff was hot at the time. Like, yeah, you're right. The image just blew up. Spawn blow, uh, Spawn had so many different records broken, I mean, you can make the jack-off motion all you want, but I mean, trying to take on that type yeah, of... Yeah, no,
2: I, I, I'll, you know, it was impressive that Image is the studio, it is still is today, that they were... I mean, they had some pretty heavy hitters to start off, so they had the, the yeah. people behind them to get the motion, to get it going.
0: Yeah, but for Denny O'Neill to have and, the foresight saying, this, this shit's going to go away, and it did. This
2: yeah, did, but it, it also, impressive. I wonder if, if you wrote it better, if it would stuck around... What, the image stuff? Uh, well, even the Azrael Batman, and we can get to this later, but, I mean, oh. don't get me wrong. They wrote – they knew this character was not going to work, and he wrote it that way. Yeah. But there's certain things about um, the character that I'm li- I'm looking at and I'm thinking of, and they could work in some ways, but they just didn't want them to work. And, I mean, that's the way they wrote it, and that's the way they we're doing it. And, then, and, that, and that's fine. And, again, it's interesting that you know we see Batman being one way right before Nightfall – and then right after it is, I'm going to say the Batman that I I know because you know my first uh, impressions of Batman I got off of the animated series. Yeah, and I feel like right after Nightfall, that's when they actually started writing that character the almost the same mm-hmm. that he you know he didn't take any guff. He was a, you know a badass the whole way. He was this, he was that. He was a great detective. It, whereas you know again the precursor stuff we read la- we did the last episode. Like I said, I was really disgusted with it because like I did not recognize that character at all. Right. And I know they wrote him that way, but it just I was just like this. This is not Batman, right?
0: Also, did you guys notice during this whole crossover? There's a logo at the top for each part: part one, part two, part three. Did you notice the logo slowly was eclipsing? Yes, I thought that was pretty neat. Did you see that, Chris?
1: I did not. I was uh, reading the individual issues uh, downloaded from a PDF and or uh, play and like. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to that. Though. That was really cool. Yeah, it's kind I of really like sad. a it's
0: kind of like a countdown to when. Yeah, and I I just know
2: I just want honestly the first things I remember I never really read all these issues when they came out because I was twelve but I do remember that it did that. Yeah. And so I just remember that it was easier to read. You're able to actually read the issues in the order, and I remember doing that the, the eclipsing and then how it continues to go yes. as this whole run progresses, right. and I. I that's really cool. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of the only times they've ever did something like that, I believe.
0: Uh, I mean, I could probably think of something, but it would take time off the top of my head. I, well, this
2: I is really. – uh, yeah. Like you said, off the top of your head, this is the yeah. only one I know of that yeah. did that.
0: We got – the collection here for Broken Bat is Batman 492 to 497 and Detective Comics 659 to 663. The writers for this entire arc was just Doug Monk. Did we figure out if that's how we pronounce this right? Monk? Doug Monk for the Batman titles and then Chuck Dixon for the Detective Comics titles. We've got art from Jim Aparo, Graham Nolan,
2: Norm Brayfogle, and
0: Jim Ballant. Graham Nolan comes back from Vengeance of Bane. I remember you not liking his art, Jonathan. Is that still the case with most of this?
2: Uh, no, actually, in this, I feel like in the arts, it, it's not even the same. The first issue he draws wasn't as good as the other ones, but when we get to the later issues here, he has a very good, you actually get, he does a very good job of showcasing the motion that's happening. Like, he's actually, the, you know, the one fight with his Zaz, when we get to here in a minute, you can actually see the motion and the action because he just draws it with fluidity. He just draws it so fluid that you can see all the motion. And then he does a very good job of the Spider-Man eyes, I'm going to call them, because Batman does a lot of, like, raising his eyes and squinting and, like, yeah, shock. And, the mask is expressed, and this is yeah, and this is we see it here a lot, and I really like it. And then we don't, it goes away. Okay,
0: yeah. He also like he also draws a uh, scarecrow the same way. Like he gets uh, Metal Gear Solid Revengeance eyes, where they like they just glow <laughs> red or whatever, or glow white. Chris at least knows what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely.
0: The first issue here, we got all the the villains out and about doing their own thing, and there's a screen of just all of them in a grid for in the Batcave, like, and.
1: Which is a great way to start because uh, it just shows you, like, all right, all the villains broke out. Here's who's loose. We're running the gauntlet. And it just, yeah, that big screen is a great way to set up a run like this. Just yeah. to, like, kind of give the readers what they're in for.
0: A big checklist, basically.
1: Yeah. Which, yes.
0: Which is really good. Uh, there's also cameos on the screen. I don't know if you guys noticed that by the writers and artists. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like they're kind of obfuscated by like I don't know. I think Batman's arm or something like that, or is it?
2: Well, if I know what they look like, I don't yeah. know that. But, no, no, but the one thing I picked up was that.
0: Well, you can see their names. It said like Monk and
2: oh, Chris okay. Vogel and stuff um, like that. That on the board though, it looks like Black Mask is his picture is right next to Scarecrow, and it belongs there because he's loose right now. But he didn't break out of Arkham, so I'm like, I don't. I don't know. It just—it's it, just Arkham dudes. It's just you know. I, yeah, I, I realize that now, but like I was just kind of like I thought that whole li- that list was the board was these are the guys that got out of Arkham. I got to deal with them, and it's like Black Mask is probably over in like Cuba or something. You have to worry about him for a while.
1: <laughs> he's at Men's Warehouse buying more zoot suits.
2: <laughs> so
0: we starting off with some pretty low hitters here with the Mad Hatter. Did anyone ever like the Mad Hatter?
1: Mad Hatter is cool when he's written well. Uh, I mean, you can I say think... about anyone though. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a dumb comment when you say it like that. But, well, um, no, like uh, Jeff Loeb's like Mad Hatter. Where he's like all crazy saying the nursery rhymes. I really like that. And I really like the Arkham Games version of them. This one, he's just kind of like, I make hats and I'm going to mind control you. A bit. I don't know. I just well, I don't I know. Don't like he
2: uh, picks up on that there's a, a Falcon flying around. And he he's the first one to pick yeah, he's up. he's got hypervigilance. On well, he, he picks up that there's something goofy going on with this Falcon that doesn't belong here. So he's the first one that notices if something's out of place. In Gotham right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, doesn't his monkey monkey get him? Well, yeah, he's driving around the block, and Bird is like, wait, there he goes again. And he lost the monkey, and then the monkey jumps on the hawk. The Mad Hatter has a
0: monkey, in case we didn't make that clear. He
2: he jumps on the falcon uh, when he went around the corner, and Bird can't see him. And basically, they just put a little tracking device on the falcon just to trace it back to wherever it goes.
0: Yeah. But Hatter's just doing his normal thing, but he's also hypnotizing the lower-class inmates, so to speak, the the, the Z-list, like Film Freak. Does anyone remember Film Freak?
2: No. and after this, we won't. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he sends them
2: uh, – yeah.
1: He Film was Freak. on the uh, – Film Freak was on the list yeah, in that was. big opening splash page, to yeah. be fair.
0: He sends them to go after Bird and – He sends Film Freak as well as other... No, just Film Freak. Oh, just him? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's been a few weeks since I read this, but I have my notes here. But yeah, he sends Film Freak after Bane, which is the funniest thing in the world, if you think about it. Just some nerd whose motif is to do crime based and related to old motion pictures. And (laughs) Bane just fucking kills him with a headbutt. Like,
2: well, what's funny is when you, he, him to, he headbutt, headbutts him, yeah, and then he still keeps beating him after that, which I'm like, that's just not
1: right.
0: It just cracks his fucking neck. And with more... Film
1: freak shouldn't have uh, imitated Rocky Four with Apollo Yeah, Creed. yeah,
0: basically. Live and Drago.
1: Way to go, nerd.
0: <laughs> he should have just said, if he dies, he dies. But, yeah, I mean, Bane... <laughs> and Bane, with more Arnold lines, says, "Your garbage, and throws him into the cans, which... I've still read that in the Tom Hardy voice like you mentioned before, Chris.
1: Yes, I was about to ask if you guys were still doing that because that one I imagined it like uh, when he says your body You garbage
0: (laughs) I I can't I don't remember if I wrote that anymore at this point, but yeah, he does a lot of puns for being such an evil mastermind. And then there's some and after Batman Dispatches of the Mad Hatter and his crew, just like you would normally anyone else, and like your villain of the week, I guess, or villain of the month. We get some pretty good art of him just being sleepy. So sleepy, Batman's back. He ain't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we want to say about Mad Hatter? He uh,
2: not just that. um <clears throat> Bane... this is a
0: long. I'm sorry, this is just a long story, so I didn't want to get too thick in the. Uh, no, they
2: just shit. basically uh, Batman shows up at Mad Hatter's party right when Foam Freak was getting at uh, Bane's warehouse. Yeah. and then he hears Bane talking. Somehow, I don't understand it, but it's I guess it's a mind control and a two way radio or something. Because then he basically hears Bane yelling at mad at Film Freak. Yeah, and they all get scared by his voice for whatever reason. But I guess if it's Tom Hardy, or I, can't, I can't even do it. I'm not even gonna try. I, Chris is <laughs> the only one that can do it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, maybe if we get an app that does it on our phone, it would help. But but they all get freaked out by this voice over the radio. That's. Uh, your garbage.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's easier to do. I think it's easier to do Tom Hardy voice if you have more lines. That way, you have more time to get into it. Citizens, so come out of the shadows.
2: I, I think I got to watch the movie a couple more times to get it down, Pat. Which I refuse to he's do. A,
1: you just you get high. Really, you just get when he's like talking a lot, and when he's talking a little, it's just a small. Yeah, that's that's what I do anyways. Oh, okay. And again, I use as I said earlier, I use that same voice for Doctor Doom and it fucking works.
0: Okay, so next issue we have we cut to the aftermath of Arkham and Detective Six Fifty Nine by Chuck Dixon and Norm Bray Fogel. We get Maxi Zeus getting self-owned by running into a tree. Yeah, that was awesome. The fucking tree. Yeah, who is basically a crime lord, for those who don't know, that uh, LARPs as a Greek god. He sucks ass, and even the writers know that. So,
2: Yet he had a very good episode in Batman in the Animated Series. Yeah, well, I, was just I mean, say that. It just was like a really Chris said, episode.
0: if you can write anyone good, if you... Apply yourself. Yeah, I guess so. We get my favorite Batman villain, or... Yeah, I would say this is my favorite Batman villain in this issue, which is the ventriloquist using a sock puppet named Socko. Yeah, uh, Socko's great. Um, He lost Scarface, so he had to get a new buddy. And Socko has his own personality. Kind of talks like a Sesame Street character, whereas his Scarface would talk like uh, a gangster from the 1930s, much like Black Max. Al Capone. Yeah, Al Capone-like. And he befriends someone called... I don't remember ever seeing this guy. Omegdala, is that it? I uh
2: I I only just recognized him now because he showed up in Tom King's current Batman run. Okay. And we'll I didn't we'll know who he you. was. Okay. until okay. I was reading that and then when I reread this and it says on his his jacket, yeah, cuz I just remember the, again the cover is just some giant muscular guy that's like choking out Batman and I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's kind of
1: generic. Christmas. Uh, when you apply amygdala to like real life it's like kind of fucked up because he's just obviously someone who's mentally sick but really strong there's not really i don't know his origin story that's just how they portray him in this story yeah, and uh if you just apply that to real life it's just like oh that's kind of fucked up in the mad hatter or not mad hatter uh ventriloquist is like just a super fucked up as well like the real mentally sick aspects kind of come out in these two characters together.
0: Yeah. That that's why I like that's why I like Ventriloquist because you can actually use that mental illness of multiple personality disorder in a creative type of way unlike someone like Two-Face where which we'll probably get into next we will definitely get into next episode where everything's just double with him, and everything has a side of a coin, and it gets so tiresome with Two-Face, you can't really do too much with him. Yeah,
2: besides um, Long Halloween and Dark Victory, I don't think there's a good Two-Face story out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to save my hot takes for next episode, oh, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So we get Batman and Robin finding Film Freak with every broken bone in his body. Every bone is broken, is what they say in the book.
2: Yeah, that's impressive.
0: Could you imagine just... he's He's got... A, he should not have a shape like he should just be flattened out and in- well they
2: are grossed out by it
0: yeah but I mean they don't they show the don't they just show him laying there like his skull would be cave yeah I,
2: <laughs> well we don't see his skull we just see his I think his like legs and his feet sticking out. I don't know I don't yeah. even remember I don't have the book open right now to look at it
0: we also get a doctor is it dr. Simpson
2: or is it dr Flanders?
0: I think it's Doctor Simpson. Oh. I wrote Doctor Flanders, but I'm pretty sure it's Doctor Simpson. This is really good prep for me, I, even though I wrote these notes weeks ago. Plug in his book, and his whole shtick is empathizing with inmates, and he's going to be
2: doing this. Oh, for a that while. guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I. I'll be honest. I kind of skimmed over this because, like, once he started off with a book, it's that, the same old shit. Over. Yeah, and, over. and I'm just like
1: uh, this whole "I am" or "You are sane" or whatever it is. It's uh, a. Yeah. It's a lot of. I feel like it's a lot of carryover from. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, when they did all the talking head panels and stuff on the TV. They just wanted to kind of keep incorporating that into the main series, which it kind of works. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the uh, the pirate story in Watchmen for me. Yeah, yeah
2: it just it, – and the th- funny thing is that I don't think they actually go – or no, they do go – they do eventually go somewhere with it. You're right. Or yeah. I'm right, but – The pirate story? No, uh, yeah. the doctor. But Yeah, that, that comes um, to it the just, head with the Riddler
0: it's not it, the payoff doesn't seem worth it. You may yeah, seem yeah, like he's yeah. like undercover for Bane or something like that at first because he keeps empathizing on all these shows and how he's just saying it's our fault for these guys and we need to be nicer to them. So yeah. To speak. We get a couple bar scenes of the Ventriloquist looking for Scarface, kind of like uh Metalhead. O'Malley dispatches them instead of, you know, Metalhead doing all the work. He's not there. Yeah. But uh, it same thing. We just he just wants Scarface back and Sako's starting to
2: Take over more and more
0: for uh, the Ventrolquist.
2: I just like to point out that after the first bar fight, Amagdala has a knife out of his like he stabbed, his yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, stabbed, yeah, stabbed in his back, and then he Ventroquist just leaves it there. And because yeah. the next time we see him, it's still there, and I'm like, what an asshole! Yeah. And <laughs> way to help him out. He eventually breaks
0: into a toy shop trying to uh, put on different puppets with personalities. Like that's so fucking cool. Yeah, I really yes. like that. Um
1: he has like a duck puppet.
0: Yeah, and he starts
1: like oh, he a mouse puppet. Puppet. yeah, like a
0: Donald Duck type of. Uh, yeah, they
2: just automatically ha- find their voice.
0: Yeah, and later on, a nice little Easter egg that he gets a uh, police puppet. Yeah, I like O'Brien, the police which yeah. is from the '60s Batman. Yeah, because I was like, because he gave him an Irish voice, I was like, that has to be. And I looked it up, and I was like, yeah, that's his name, uh, Chief O'Brien. So. That was a nice little wink and nod, I suppose. All while this is going on, Socko is is slowly convincing the ventriloquist to just completely ditch Scarface. So that's kind of another neat little, like, he's talking to himself as in, I don't need this personality anymore, but I want this personality still. Bats is also trying to figure out a motive for the breakout while all this goes on. There's a lot of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to this. Uh, What
2: I don't like about that part, well, no, it's not that, it's just that... Robin notices the Falcon at this point point. Yes, yes he and does. then he he sees it and then they, they drive off to the toy store and then he sees it again after Batman's like, no, I'll go take care of this. You just watch the car. And Robin's all like, Meh. but then so he, he follows the Falcon and he finds bird and I'm really disappointed gets his ass
1: handed to him. Yeah.
2: I'm really disappointed because I'm like, bird is nobody special in my opinion. And Robin gets his ass handed to him. And we've seen already that Robin can take out multiple guys. Yeah. You know, that have the jump, not the drop on them, but have weapons and are bigger. And he basically gets a drop on bird and yeah. bird just slaps him and takes him out. And I'm, I was really disappointed by, it just annoys me. Cause I'm like, they make this character like something special and he's not, he's well, just a, a poser. I was really.
0: going to also pose the question to you guys, like, what about Shrog and Zombie? His Bane's other two guys, like oh, they're barely—they're barely in it. It's—it's it's, it's mostly just Bird doing all the work.
2: Yeah. Well, Zombie's the only one I think is slightly impressive. Uh, I think he's—he's he's a better character than the rest because he's basically Bane's drug guy, yeah. and he's also a very good marksman, which we find out later. But which I thought was impressive. What about you, Chris?
1: Uh. The there's I think he gets into a fight with Batman later on. Um,
0: zombie, yeah, I le- believe.
1: Yeah, in the yeah, last like,
0: issue they do.
1: Yeah, uh, but there's another time before that, if I'm not mistaken, where like Batman headbutts him and he's just like, Is "That all you got?" Like, just kind of takes it. So, kind of gooned him up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like Bane's guys aren't supposed. I'd I feel like they shouldn't be anything too impressive, and yeah, the way. Bird just beats the shit out of Robin here, essentially. Like, Robin catches the falcon in his cape and is like, ha ha, I got your bird. And then just slap. And it's like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and birds in this, like, this happens a lot. Like, it's just like Bird's bird or Bird's falcon is just constantly being caught by people or seen by other people or is always surveilling. I don't know. It seems to rely on him too much instead of using Trog or zombie. But well, the funny troc thing troc is, now that,
2: you know, like, I was thinking about it, that, Bird uses the Falcon, which I guess if he's trying to track somebody, that's fine. But then he's got to chase it down. And it's like the bird, unless they've got special powers we don't know about, the bird doesn't tell him what's going on. It's not like he has a camera on him so he can watch what Batman's doing. Yeah. He just uses it to track things. You know, he does find, you know, later on, like, catches up to Batman here and there after this fight or that fight and... Says, oh, he looks tired or he looks like this. But, yeah, he's the only one that does really anything. And Trog is just useless. But Well, then, basically, so they get to the toy store. Batman's talking to Ventriloquist. Oh, yeah, he has a Mickey Mouse puppet now? Yeah, <laughs> and then Amygdala gets the jump on Batman, or drop on Batman. And Ventriloquist gets away. And then Amygdala starts to basically really throw Batman around the toy store. And then he get, I guess he gets a migraine. He must have, like like you said, he has mental problems, but he gets really bad headaches apparently. And then basically Batman is just able to knock him out because of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, There's also some foreshadowing there as well with Amigdala, the way he's holding Batman to break his back.
2: Yeah. You think so? I, I don't know. I think it's just the way they draw it. I, don't know, I, I pretty, guess you could say that.
0: Pretty deliberate for foreshadowing. I but mean, like, if they had this all planned out, this is maybe. The, like,
2: yeah, the next spot, though, because he picks them up and then basically the, he throws them. And like I said, Bray Fogle has a great job of, or does a great job of showing motion because you see Batman being thrown, but the cape is, you know, he's a rock and the cape's around him and he's just flying through all these uh, toy stands, basically. Yeah. And it's really cool animation. <laughs> they also make a
0: stupid, like, old 1960s joke of a cartoon character flying into something and sticking their head out of a poster Yeah, where Batman's head is, I think it's Batman, where he's uh, sticking his head through a thing that says, hi, I'm Brandy. Uh, Hi, I'm Brandy, which is like a Barbie cutout or something like that, but his head is sticking out through the uh, Barbie head. Amygdala, like you said, just collapses from his migraine and then Bat stumbles out while the ventriloquist still tries to look for Scarface, much to Socko's chagrin.
1: I was going to say like Batman just straight up leaves the Ventriloquist just forgets about him cuz he's standing like right there. And he's like fuck this, I'm going to the Batmobile.
0: Oh, John's looking at the book now. It was it was on that's put his head through the Barbie cutout, not a uh, Batman himself. We cut to Batman 493 by Monk and Barry Fogle. Barry Fogle getting art done back and forth uh, bi-weekly, which is pretty impressive, which is the Zazz episode, I guess if you want to call it that or Zazz issue. We recap we have a recap on what's
2: happened. Sleepy Batman, still, I believe. Yeah, he's look. He's pretty uh, haggardy looking in his Batmobile.
0: And Zaz is up in a women's school. Looks at the women as they try to figure. And the women try to figure out a tactic to jump him, so to speak. We see that he's murdered two cops, which is kind of shocking back then with the comics code because they talk about it. he yeah. kills them. No, they, they, well, they do. Well, they talk about, it, but they actually show him killing people. <laughs>
1: And then they show the cop finding the other cop, almost like it's written like a horror movie or something. And for me, this is like the penultimate Zaz. Like this is the first story that I ever read of Zaz as a kid. So this is like how I always see him in my head, the way he's designed with his weird, crazy eyes. Like how they're just like these crazy long triangles with white dots in them and all the marks and everything. And then... Every time I see him portrayed in the future, it's just not as good. Yeah, he's, he's always like goober. some weird bald weirdo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, but yeah, his design here is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I really do like you said. The way his eyes are drawn is really creepy and whatnot. But here's my question about Zaz: Other than the Joker, how is he not dead? Because like, does the D, <laughs> does the Goth or DC universe here not have the death penalty? Because every slash on his body, and for those of you that, that don't know this, he's got the standard five hash mark counting system on his body so every time he kills somebody he puts a hash mark on it and then he's i i don't even know how many count uh, he's literally counted killed probably a couple hundred people i'm gonna say yeah he probably holds the
0: world record for murders
2: it's not like any of uh, batman's other rogues that some kill some don't some are just bad and they do whatever and their um mental illness he's just a straight-up serial killer yeah, how is he not already dead from the death? Maybe they, maybe penalty. they don't have the death penalty no, in the apparently, <laughs> and that's you know big problem here. So anyway,
1: yeah, I think it's uh, the Kevin Smith uh, cacophony run where he starts out with Zaz and he's killed someone, but he's like run out of room of tally marks. And he's like putting them on his dick. And he's like, oh be careful. yeah, that's right. The that's Batman right. monologues. It's just like, I hope he slips.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that he's a serial killer and it reminds you of like slasher films and stuff like that because they straight up just go into silence of the lambs with this later in the book where they turn off all the lights and Batman has to use night vision. Yeah. And usually the killer would use night vision for Silence of the lambs, but a pretty good one-off of a hostage situation, I guess in a way of, you know, I don't know how you could really go any further with that.
2: Yeah, no. Cause uh, like you said, he does kill two of the cops, but he never manages to actually kill any of the girls. Uh, they never say that he kills any of the girls. I don't believe Right, he just threatens him the whole time, and then eventually, um, you know, Batman comes in and he he stops him, but he almost loses control and punches him into submission, and then basically wants to not wants to kill him, but he's basically losing control already because he's theoretically already exhausted. Right, but uh, my favorite line from this is, um, and I am just gonna say because he's a giant hypocrite, is the mayor yelling at Gordon, and he says told you your men should shoot to kill at the breakout, Gordon, but you refused and now we now look what we've got. One of my friends has a daughter in, this, in that school and I'm holding you personally responsible. Even if she doesn't get hurt, Gordon, I think it may well be time for a new commissioner of police. Here's my problem with that line there, Jackalope. Um, Jackalope? As soon as the SWAT team showed up at Arkham, it's fine if they would have been a- allowed to shoot to kill. As soon as they showed up, they were freaking shot at with freaking... Missiles and rockets. Yeah. They had no. They, they <laughs> you know, they had no chance to do anything. And, and in And again, I know it's just writing, but it's just I don't know. The guy. The guy's a hypocrite.
0: Yeah. Uh, they also do the whole like, you're a killer, Batman. Deep down inside, that's what Zaz says, and Batman yells no, and almost accidentally kills him, proving Zaz to be almost right in a way.
2: Well, and then uh, Zaz says something that th- makes Batman think that he is in conjunction with Bane. Yeah, but and, he doesn't know who Bane is. Yeah, it, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And Batman doesn't believe that he doesn't know. And it's interesting that they wrote it that Batman's already thinking everybody's again, like everybody's in on the, the plan to get him. Yeah, with Yeah, but
0: the guys don't know. But Zaz also deduces Bane's objective.
2: Yeah, point. and he doesn't. And what's funny, it, Batman hears us twice: once from Zaz, and once from Robin later on. And Batman just fluffs it off and says, yeah, "No, that's these not guys true. Are, these are, Until, I'm
0: smart. You guys are dumb." Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: It ends with Bird watching from afar yet again. Like
0: I, I just mentioned in the previous episode, like Bird is essentially watching him at all times while the other two barely get any screen time. Uh, we move on to Detective Six Sixty with Chuck Dixon and guest art by Jim Ballant. Does anyone remember Jim Ballant? Nope. Just from this book. Well, he also drew Catwoman for a very long time. Uh, the Catwoman series that comes out of this. He is a cheesecake artist. He is responsible for Tarot, Witch of the Rose. Which is
2: oh he draws that now yeah he's oh, the creator. he's gone downhill big time he's the creator of that where it's basically a woman with I don't know beach balls is that well I don't know if you ever <laughs> read it too but it's basically just a uh, fat material because like inside yes. of it it's all just nudity yes and do you, you know that's actually uh, produced somewhere in Pittsburgh area no I did not know that's a local that. yeah it's I was reading something I don't know if it was in previews or something somewhere. It's actually, he, I don't know if he draws in Pittsburgh. He's it's somewhere around the Pittsburgh area. Hmm. But, uh, but no, I did not know that. That's not
1: action. What's that? That's not action lab. Is it?
2: I don't know the publisher of
0: tarot. It's been around forever though, but it's like, it's produced infrequently just whenever he wants, because I, I did some research and I always saw like the covers and just rolled my eyes at him, but I actually read an issue. Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. (laughs) I don't like to shit on creators for no re for, you know, they made something, no, where I didn't. But no,
2: no, there's no. <laughs> he he also has a
0: thing at the end of his issues. You know, besides a letter page, where apparently he really likes Disney World. He goes on trips at Disney World all the time and decides oh. to put them at the end of the book
2: as a the photo. Just not let him in there. Apparently, <laughs> he, he literally makes Lady Death look like Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, and that, that's saying something.
0: And he also gets people that are like Wiccan to send in their Wiccan pictures, so you'll have pictures of their. I don't know, just Wiccans at the end of the book, and some of them are nude, and some of them are not, and some of them are practicing their religion. It's, I don't know, man. It's super out there. But he's doing he's doing art detail, which it's actually good. His art, is I, good. yeah, I did
2: not know that was him because I in, in the couple issues he does draw, they're good, and the fact that he's devolved into that is just yeah. Yeah, this I don't know about you guys, but
0: this might be my second favorite. Maybe my favorite issue of this entire arc uh, because this was a- – uh, go ahead, Chris.
1: Yes. I'm just saying, yeah, this one was really good. Uh, the one – like part three and part four are just all A+. plus.
0: Yeah, this is this is Killer Croc getting his rematch against Bane already. Yes. Which doesn't make sense if you didn't have the prelude.
2: Yeah, because, again, like I said, when I read this a couple times before – uh, they talk about the first fight in this, and I'm like, okay, when did this happen? I have no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, that, and like you mentioned before, the Riddler flashbacks that they have. Yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, Croc is out getting his revenge, essentially. Apparently, Bane broke both his arms, even though they showed him break the one. I guess that's just an editor.
2: Well, the one of. thing I'd like to point out is that he draws Krilla Croc like a badass, finally. like yeah. He actually looks menacingly scary. He looks like
0: an alligator man. Yes. And not just a man with alligator yes. skin. Yes. So Gotham is also empty at this point. With all the serial killers and crazy people on the loose, which is Bane just jacking off in this, reveling. in this. Are they empty, or is it just everybody's like too oh, scared? No, he, to actually, he he goes out. To, well, yeah, it, people are scared to go outside. It's it's a it's a Arkham Knight situation where yeah. people are just afraid to go outside because crime is just rampant everywhere, and yeah. the police can't keep up. Bird reports that. On Batman being broken, which he does almost every issue, which is kind of annoying. But Bane just keeps edging himself. <laughs> just like, oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I need to break him more. Uh, Robin is stalking them, however, and tries to get a hold of bats. But he passes out. Batman himself passes out. But Robin is keeping tabs on these guys. And we cut to the ventriloquist waking his lawyer up with a gun. In, with Sako holding a gun in his mouth, asking where Scarface is. So that's the C-plot. Maybe the D plot of yeah. what's going on here, because there's a lot of spinning plates at this point of cuts and interludes and stuff. That's the one problem with this story, I think, is it's like one or two pages, and then it goes on to a different plot. And well, there's the, the,
2: the funny thing is that the ventriloquist plot is uh, it goes the whole run, well, not the whole run, but it goes it goes like you said, little bits and pieces each time after the what the second issue, and um, yeah. it's kind of nice that they keep it going. Yeah, Chris.
1: Yeah, I think the ventriloquist part, like section it never really comes back to Batman, but it's just saying, um, yeah. as opposed to the dude on the Harry Man Show plugging his fucking I'm sane and so are you books like that. That plot I felt like didn't really have a good resolution as to the ventriloquist, which shouldn't. Spoil happen, it. But it was just so fucking fun. Yeah, I'm not spoiling okay. it, but yeah, it, it pays off.
0: I was gonna say because we don't get a we don't get resolution unless something else happens later in this timeline, but. We'll find out what happens to the Vigiliquist in the next episode in Who Rules the Night because that's the only th- time we see him afterwards. Jonathan's shaking his head no. but He shows up. Well, I know. Right he's now. he's not. I know. But, I mean, for the next stuff that I've read. Oh, okay, you know, okay. It seems like that's the end of his story. But we also get Dr. Simpson on the Larry King talk show. Like we mentioned, he's still defending the inmates and says not to be scared even if the body count is in the triple digits. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I, I- yeah. A body okay. count right now in our, in Gotham is in triple digits. So that's anywhere between 100 and 999.
1: <laughs> Bane leaves. Oh, his... So you are uh, you were right about the doctor on both accounts. It's Dr. Simpson Flanders. That's his name. His first name is Simpson. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Okay, I, thought...
1: uh, I have the page up right here. And back to the Harry Man Show, our guest is Dr. Simpson Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> that... well, what the fuck?
0: All right. I'm glad I wasn't going insane when I was thinking like, wait, what? Is that his name?
2: Look, because I'll be honest. I completely just glossed over that because it was just so it's it's,
0: that's that's the first panel and the last panel you can read and you can get all the information from everything in between.
2: Yeah, because it's he introduces himself. He's all smiles. And the talk talk show has a look of disgust on their face. And that's all you need to know. And yeah. they, f- they flash the book and that's it. And it's just, it's a waste of space.
0: Yeah. So then we go to Bane leaving his henchmen behind and he just decides to just hop the train literally and ride on top of it. And ba- uh, Robin chases him, but Bane somehow knows that he's chasing him because he's Bane and he's super smart and gets the drop on him going through the tunnel. But Robin wakes up in a sewer where Bane has him tied up to try and figure out Ro- like what's Robin's deal and all this? Like, what do you want? Yeah. He just takes the mask off. Who are off you and- to Batman? Yeah. Who are you to Batman? Yeah. And it, it's, it's an interesting way of how he has him tied up because he's blindfolded, but he's also in this weird sewer ledge that he can't really move around in. Robin tries feeling out where he's at. And
2: yeah, he's just like on like a little like um, balance beam
0: yeah, thickness of a wall. And yeah. that's when killer croc hears and smells Bane and they decide to just slug it out again. Like, like I said, that was a really good drawn, yeah. drawn fight for way better than the, first time they fought, but yes. also the art's Yes, are the art's a lot better. I mean, no offense to Jim Aparo's art, but and I think big offense to his <laughs> art. <laughs> you don't like his art?
1: <laughs> we'll get to that later. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, it's really just, good
1: here. Yeah, it's I too- would really like to, uh, I'd like to pick some kind of a civil engineer's mind as to the panel on 13 that Robin and Bane are standing on. The, uh, like, the brick beam that they're on, like, what fucking purpose does that serve, honestly, besides just adding tension to this fight? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that is a good question.
0: There's probably a good
1: reason.
2: Uh, Well, it's easily to access the pipes that are on the other side of it.
1: Oh,
0: easily?
2: Well, how else are you going to get over there to access those steam lines in that vent that's there? I guess. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I guess.
1: seems awfully thin. OSHA would not
2: approve. Well, this is not OSHA. This is Gotham City. Come on, they play by their own rules.
1: (laughs) That's true.
0: Croc basically gets owned again by Bane. I believe Bane just juices up immediately and just beats the shit out of him and breaks no, his No, he doesn't. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because he breaks oh, his uh He breaks on arm without it. And Bane's and like, first off, Bane,
2: again, Bane acts like he's a I'm badass because he breaks his, he re-breaks Croc's one arm. Yeah. Which, yeah, you're you're strong already, but that's, the bone's not set. I mean, come on, you're going to easily be able to redo that. I yeah. mean, it's not impressive. Uh, I'd be more impressed if the two of them fought in peak condition and see what happened, you know.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry. Croc Croc does break the venom device from Bane, but Bane still dispatches them and then they all tumble into a the, want, sewer, yeah, the sewer. Yeah, the sewer uh, that's a river,
2: but it's basically the weight limit on that ledge is maxed out and then it breaks whenever they all start tumbling around. Yeah, and Robin's and, able to free himself, but they're all
0: in a sewer fight and Robin's like, Oh no, I'm going to drown and the issue ends there. Yes. So we're in Batman four ninety four Monk at Aparo on duty here.
1: I'd just like to point out the cover of this tissue of Fortnite's ears are out of control. I mean, that's just Kelly They're Jones. so big.
2: The Scarecrow so and Joker. Big. I'd, just like yes. to, I'd like to point out that whenever I saw this as a kid, I was really confused. And I didn't realize that Batman was holding the uh, lid to the basket. I always thought he had a chainsaw for a hand there because <laughs> I was a kid and a dumb. I don't know. <laughs>
1: It looks like a buzzsaw. You are right. <laughs> yeah. So
2: I was really confused until like I became an adult and I looked at. it I'm like, oh, I see what's going on. It's probably my it's second good. favorite cover too. Yeah, I just like the way. I don't like the scarecrow in the basket makes sense, but I don't like it as much as I just like the way that's or not the scarecrow, the Joker in the basket, but I like the scarecrow creeping behind Batman. Like it's just, yeah. Kelly Jones again draws really the scene really well.
0: Yeah, he, he though the Zazz cover kind of sort of as well. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Unclimatically, Robin escapes from the sewer, and then no one's found. Like Bane, Bane's
2: gone. I just want to point out that Robin's grappling hook contraption is completely stupid. How he has the R <laughs> as his 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 grappling hook. <laughs> like an R. Hook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like that just. No, that doesn't. No, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. Get the bird logo. That's fine. I'm fine with the dumb little bird thing from Batman and Robin the movie. The R as a grappling hook. Uh,
1: no. It's the most ineffective letter to use as a grappling hook. Like uh, an M would be more effective. Well, yeah, basically.
2: We should
0: rank what letters are the best <laughs> grappling hooks. <laughs> oh, I think O would probably be bottom. That'd be F tier.
1: Yeah, I O I and. would that? imagine. Oh, I, I thought you cut off. O and Q. The... Oh,
0: no, Q has a little hook in it, though. I mean. I mean, it'd be down there, but I don't think it would be the shittiest.
2: I would I, probably be the I'm worst. Really pretty bad, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Robin survives the sewer, and you see Bane's head pop up, but Killer Croc's gone.
0: Yeah, and he ain't coming back. Did Did you guys know who this person is? In the next panel, we have Joker just kicking down some dork's door. No, I thought this was Scarecrow
2: because I know oh when, when up. initially, yeah, I thought yeah. so too, and then I was reading it, and I but I had no idea who this character was.
0: They don't tell you who this guy is for. I don't know, almost the whole story (laughs) until the end. Well,
1: no, Joker says his name, Cornelius Stirk, but I've never heard of him before this story. Yeah, uh, the one panel. Uh, And who better than Cornelius Yeah, Yeah.
0: I've never heard of this
1: guy. Never heard of him before, but apparently he's a cannibal or some shit.
0: Yeah, some crazy fear-based cannibal. We also cut to Bruce canceling on Dr. Consolving for like the fifth time. Because she keeps trying to make appointments with Bruce, and it's just not happening because
2: he's got duties as Batman, and he's sleepy and tired. This is when we jump to the cave, and this is when Robin tells Batman he's figured out what Bane's plan might be just, just to tire Batman out. Yes. And Batman's like, no, this is a too random of a plan for somebody who's calculating as Bane. And it's like, no, this is probably the perfect plan for you.
0: Yeah, Bruce nixes it and says
2: it's personal, basically. Which it is, but yeah. it's still a good plan just to tire him out. Yeah. It, it, again...
0: We finally get our first John Paul appearance of the story as well. Which, up to this point, they did a really, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think they did a really piss poor job of putting John Paul into this story. Like, he should have been in it as much as Robin has been. So, we actually can see a better transition, so to speak. Because we, I mean, we had the couple issues in the prelude where he shows up and does stuff with Robin, but he's kind of just on the back burner. Well yeah, he doesn't
2: show up at all. Like we get a panel later on and I don't know what issue it is where he actually just go out and like beats up a couple thugs. But you would think at some point they would showcase him. And I'm guessing he's out doing stuff, but I don't know because these people actually listen to Batman for some dumb reason sometimes when Batman's like, "No, don't do this." And it's like, "Okay, I'm going to let those people get mugged or whatever." Yeah. And yeah, you would think that they would show him more doing just even busting up thugs on the like punks that are causing havoc on the streets or something. Yeah. You know,
0: we also with this team up of Cornelius Stark and Joker, is it Stark or Stark? I think it's Stirk. It's Stark. Okay. It's S T I R K. That's annoying to say. We also have the scarecrow is looking for Joker at the same time. That's what also confused me at this, in this issue you had, cause they have the same hair color and they also kind of look both goofy, but I think I may have been misconstruing Stark's look with the animated series scarecrow. That's what he kind of looks like. Like his face.
1: Scarecrow has the best introduction in this issue, too. Number on uh, page 11 when he just jumps to the hall. Just ha! <laughs> <It's> so-
0: <laughs> the whole point of this was to trick Jim Gordon. So Cornelius Stark Stur- dressed up as Batman to show. Shiv- no, Stark has some type of psychic powers. Oh, that's what it was? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh,
2: so they made a prank phone call. Or oh, no, no. Batman or uh, Gordon goes up to the top of the uh, building and turns on the bat signal. And Stark has something against Gordon for some reason. I think I forget what. It, I think they talk about it. He just put him where he doesn't like him. Right. And should so, hire a uh, headhunter. Yeah. And um, <laughs> basically, Stark makes Jim see him as Batman, and then he starts to attack him, and he's going to kill Gordon, but because Joker just wanted to capture Gordon to do whatever with it. Yeah. And then Batman shows up, and again for the fact that he's had a hard time with all the other villains, he takes this psychopath out really easily. So I'm like, okay, that's the way it should be. right? And then Gordon's kind of traumatized and basically shoots Batman away. And Joker's like just jacked off that – or hacked off, I should say, that he used this clown. Listen, and, um, Lucius
0: Fox is the only one that has to be jacking <laughs> off in this book. All right?
2: And then that's when, Scare- that's when Scarecrow shows up and f- f- f-
1: talks to Joker.
0: Yeah, which is – I think their uh, dynamic is pretty good. In this overall uh, story. I think
1: their dynamic is great. <laughs> just them being fucking dickheads together.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're just a bunch of assholes. But Joker's super asshole, whereas Scarecrow kind of has to keep him in line. Yeah, but, yeah, they're just basically two pranking dickheads.
2: Well, I, what, what's funny is that you read it that I don't think Scarecrow realizes what Joker's really about. Is my guess he thinks he can control him. Oh, he, he does that later on. He thinks he can control him, but um, he just doesn't realize that he's. The way he is. Right. You know? They don't realize how insane Joker um, really is. The thing I don't like about it, though, is that Scarecrow is my favorite Batman villain of all time. Mm-hmm. And I just – and again, this is early on, but I just don't like the way the art is. He just doesn't look good. He just looks You don't like the he way kinda he kind of does look like he, a trash bag. He – again, this is like he looks, he looks almost worse than the first time he shows up in Batman the Animated Series. And you know how quickly they changed that outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm
0: saying. Uh, Cornelius Stirk looks like the second version. So he of looks that. like
2: Jonathan Crane. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Remember the first version? He had like the really weird Q-tip head, right? Yes, yes, just like, just like the second version it. was the football game, right? The,
0: the football game, football the yes.
1: game episode yeah. that was like the second, yeah. yes, oh, yeah, the football game that was like the second appearance where he was wearing the disguise and he had the mustache and glasses and hat. And he was really scary as a kid, yeah. And when he took it off, he was as scary as the scarecrow
0: after that, after that whole Cornelius Stark nonsense that was kind of just eh, whatever, just we need to put someone in here. That's inconsequential for Batman to take down Joker and Scarecrow basically team up and they want to go get the mayor.
2: Yeah. They're going to terrorize the city through the mayor basically, which is actually a pretty good plot. Yeah. I mean, eh,
0: Joker, Joker responds by how should we do it snakes or how should we scare him with the, this, uh, Scarecrow gas snake spiders, bad sushi, you know, <laughs> Cheesy but yeah, see, yeah, Joker dialogue. Uh,
1: also Gordon all traumatized, uh Sarah comes out, his fiance. And uh you guys last oh, year last episode had a uh, had a yeah, had some confusion with Sarah. That is his second wife, and he cheated on his first wife with Sarah in the year one. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Okay. All
1: right. Right. Thanks for that. And then um, she's also his wife in Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay. So,
2: yeah.
0: Okay.
1: To many happy years of the Gordon.
0: That's the end of that issue. Batman 661, we got Dixon and Nolan on uh, the writing, writing and art. Joker and Scarecrow are making the mayor do calls canceling the National Guard, keeping them out. So that's kind of the answer to anyone questioning, like, why isn't the police force calling in the guard or the army or anything like that? The mayor's like, no, we'll have them take care of it. And then they're also blaming Gordon for the slow response to all the Crime going on, I, I, kind of dumb for them to go after Gordon. I don't know why they would go after Gordon, besides him just being a character. With would oh, Joker, and Joker? Yeah, just
2: why are they singling in on Gordon of all people? It seems like kind he's the police commissioner. I don't know. It actually makes sense, I think, because if you get rid of him, you
0: yeah, but he's right. not the only commissioner,
2: right? He's just the commissioner of that precinct. No, I think he's the police commissioner for the whole city. Oh, he is. I that's all uh, the impression I always got. Okay, the
1: lieutenant. Oh uh no it's just the the plan of the joker to fuck with gordon um you know he is the commissioner of the entire police force so it is a good target to mess with but the fact that they end up just like yeah fuck it let's go for the mayor is a way better idea yeah they also
0: make the firefighter chief cut rolls which i guess is just roll call i don't know it's a weird way of, but, but this is just a way to introduce firefly yeah who is i keep forgetting
1: exist
2: <laughs> who exists.
1: He is a huge asshole cuz anyone who burns down an amusement park is a huge asshole. Yeah.
2: Well, I, and I don't know how well what's interesting and I'd like to read the, his first introduction to see how he is, you know, this is the first time he had the wings apparently too, which was interesting. Oh, he never flew before? Uh, no. Uh, I can't remember if it's the first time Batman fights him here or the second time he fights him cuz he fights him three times, which is I yeah. feel like this is the out of all the fights working with the heat I think Firefly takes the most out of Batman because yeah. he just gets so exhausted from all the fire and, and just the heat exhaustion. It's I don't know if it's this one or the next one. He just mentions that the wings are new because the the heat uh, updraft yeah. takes basically flo- floats them away, flies them away. Um, I thought you were going to say something there. No, sorry. Um, his yeah, name sorry.
0: is his <laughs> name is Garfield Linz. So immediately I started thinking of Garfield and Friends. <laughs> and I just start thinking, "Come on in! It's time to party where the arson never ends." Come on in! It's time to party with Garfield, Lens, Garfield and Lens, <laughs> and then you'd have like him come up. I really like burning down amusement parks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Batman also pushes Tim away again for I don't know what is this the.
2: Fortieth well, time? No, he he basically he doesn't push him away, but he's like, okay, you do all the work, you figure out what where uh, Firefly is going to strike next for me. You're not going to some convincing though. Well, they're fu- yeah, bantering back and forth, and Robin's like, you can't do this by yourself, and yeah. that's when Batman's like, do the research, tell me where he's going to be, but yeah. you're not coming because this is too dangerous for you,
0: right? Which is stupid, but we, that's the whole point. That's another subplot of this whole story is that Batman doesn't rely on his uh, or his buddies for help. Yeah. We also to get a quick cut of the ventriloquist talking to his lawyer. That's where uh, we get the Chief O'Hara puppet, trying to find out where Scarface is locked up. Robin gets a bunch of info on Garfield. Uh, as all the places he went to as a child, he will burn down, uh, is what he figures out from talking
2: to and bat nun. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. So he <laughs> figures out he was an orphan. So he goes to the orphanage, and he, gets, he goes there. He's in the courtyard, and this guy, Spooky nun just shows up.
0: Yeah, that's why I called her Bat-Nun. Because she also disappears like Batman. Yeah, so
2: I'm like... (laughs) And I'm like... And I can't... I I don't know why they... I don't know if she was supposed to be, like, a ghost. Or what her deal is. I don't know who she is. Because I, like, went back and forth a bunch of times to see if there was any clues. If she ever... And it's... like, Or if she was, like, a ghost. Yeah, it's weird that they would... I feel like it's weird that they would put her in there and do that with a character. And not reveal her later on as being... This person or that person or whoever yeah. it is. It was just – it was weird. But she she tells Robin, oh, uh, he had a sister. Yes. And then Robin tracks down her his uh, sister. And, and, and that's, then that's when, when they, they deduce. Well, his sister basically says – Robin mentions the amusement park and then his sister um, says, oh, that was one of the – he hated that place. And he gives him a list of other places, the zoo and um, – I can't think of the third place, but basically – it was where the uh, families that uh, – their foster families took them, but he, he hated them, so he hated those places basically. It was sociopathic behaviors, whatever you want to call it. Or right. Not, whatever. So,
0: Arsonistic. Yeah. Uh, we also,
1: Pyromaniac.
0: Yes. There you go. The, yeah, we're fucking idiots. Arsonistic. <laughs> Chris is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> So we, we, we cut to Riddler just having an arts and crafts sesh in a fucking bar sending uh, uh, like a ransom note to the police. But the police never get a chance to read it, which I really like. Yeah. Because that, that'll end up frustrating Riddler later. He has this whole elaborate plan, but there's too much important shit going on to uh, do his little plan. So yes. he'll come back later. Uh, we-
1: I can never not see Matthew Lesko the IRS tax guy in the Riddler suit in real life who tries to sell books at four in the morning on TV and never just, I, anytime I see the Riddler in a suit with question marks, all I think.
0: I've had friends who've seen him wear that suit in downtown DC. I don't know if he still does <laughs> it, but years ago he used to do it. Who? Matthew Lesko. You'll have to YouTube him. He's the guy that would show up on like infomercial saying, you can get money from the government by doing this.
1: Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay, I know he had, like, Intimidating government. revenue service. <laughs> yeah.
0: We got two panels of bat t- bats taking out the fucking Cavalier.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: I am like, oh, limo. okay. I kind of <laughs> wish Bane just killed him as well, because he's he's dressed up as a musketeer and just fences. But you are just like, this guy's lame. But we have to have Batman fight someone. I hey, guess. He gets an easy
2: one. What can you say? Yeah, he just like drop kicks him, which is hilarious.
0: Bats finds Garf. That's what I'm calling him now. And tries to fly away, but Bat Suicide dives him into the inferno, which is the end of that issue. It's a uh, really good coloring here. I li- I really like the red, orange and yellows that they end up using when he's fighting Garf.
2: Okay. Yeah. This is the second time. This is at the bowling alley. This is one of okay. the places that they were at. So the, their final place they fight is at the zoo. Is okay. what comes up. So,
0: But yeah, they they suicide dive and it's just like, Oh no, Batman's going to kill himself in the middle of nightfall. This big epic event. I mean, I understand you got to do with a bombastic to be continued thing, but it didn't really leave me. Thinking he was going to die, but they they continue the coloring in the next issue four ninety five of Batman four ninety five with Monk and uh, orange, yellow, red colors. They're really the colorist is working really good in these
2: yeah, panels. Yeah, because it's just yeah, it's basically just there in the middle of an inferno.
0: It let's go of Garf and catches a thermal updraft, which you mentioned earlier to grapple away, but Firefly shakes him. Then Batman says that he can't stop a miner. Like Firefly, he even admits that he's Z-list and he can't even stop him now. Jean-Paul does 1,000 push-ups? A day. (laughs) A day? Yeah, um, that was impressive. Excuse me? No, you don't. Uh, Bat shrugs off responsibilities and rests, but will go to a charity function and this is the poison ivy chapter. He awakens. She awakens her hive men. I think that's what she calls them, or maybe I just wrote that down. But they're basically covered in hives, and they're going to the same gala that Bruce and his. I think his date's Doctor Consolving. Is she there? Yes, yes, she's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one has a lot of cuts all over the place because then it goes to Scarecrow and Joker scarfing down donuts. I love that picture.
1: Like, Scarecrow?
0: Yeah, Scarecrow Those just half Scarecrow. mask off. Just, Munch and
1: potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: pretty good. It's pretty cool to see the villains just acting kind of normal. Villains, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tell the mayor to tell the cops to go on a wild goose chase, essentially, just so the cops become more ineffective. And I believe at this point, they, they're just constantly gassing the mayor.
2: With fear gas? Yeah, yeah, just nonstop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, they're just keeping in
2: a constant state of fear because I yeah. guess the gas only lasts a couple of hours or something like that.
1: Which does beg the question, how long have they been fucking with the mayor at this point or at least into the future? Because, I mean, after at least a day, you think someone would be like, hey, where the fuck's the mayor at?
0: Well, I mean, with all this chaos going on. Well, the, the mayor's acting normal to them because like, he's talking to the police and whatnot on the phone and just giving them orders. But he's just under the ransom of Joker and Scarecrow doing all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You figured there'd be a face-to-face, though. But then again, this is Gotham City. And yeah, enough said.
0: I also like how this, while this is all going on, Scarecrow can't be asked to put his uh, mask back down. He just leaves it up. while <laughs> He's gassing the mayor. <laughs> just like, fuck this. <laughs> we get Bane spying from afar at the charity gala. At this point... Bane is spying afar from the charity gala and he figures out that Batman is Bruce while watching him go in. And that is Jonathan, you were gonna say.
2: Yeah, uh Bird saying, Yeah, that's Bruce Wayne, alright, host of this bash. I guess Bruce is hosting the gala. But how he figures into it, what's going down, and Bane's like, It's not Bruce Wayne, it's him. Yeah, because You mean the Batman? How can you be so sure? I know him intimate, intimately now, Bird. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. You, Like, again, I, I thought that Bane, like, if he did put the two and two together because he figured it out some other way, that's fine. But he's like, I'm watching him walk and talk and do this. It's Batman.
0: Well, he figured out Asriel was Batman back in
2: the prelude. So I can, I can get behind that, actually. I can get behind that he can tell when he first fought him with Killer Croc that it wasn't Batman. But the fact that whenever he showed up uh, for the Riddler, the next issue, and he's like, oh, no, that is is that that is Batman now. He just looks kind of weak. If you could tell a different body type and the way they move in the Batman suit, that's one thing because it's shaped differently. Bruce is wearing a suit and tie. You cannot, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I call BS on the way that he's like, oh, well, that's him.
0: Well, he's also super tired at this point, so maybe he's Batman's letting himself down You know, with his, the way he's standing and the way he's acting. I mean, this is a comic I, yeah, book. So, yeah, I know. And he's super I, smart. I,
2: again, when I first, whenever they said that Bane deduced his uh, secret identity, I figured he actually like tracked it down and figured out that he was Bruce Wayne by right. all the other stuff, like the just his daily day to day life. Not by, oh, well, his body moves this way. Oh, it's him. You know, it, right? It, it might be that way that he that might be the way he did it. And this is that they reveal that he knows he's Bruce Wayne at this point. But it's just like the way they the way it's presented to us it's like oh that guy walking there that's bruce wayne no that's batman what do you mean that's batman and he's like yeah. he looks at him and and just he like puts the the, the batman clear cut out in his hand up against it and walks it and he's like <laughs> okay it fits
0: <laughs> so we also get bruce noticing the lack of police while talking to dr consolving while they're going in and bullock tells gordon that mayor kroll has called them for help at an amusement park which is, I don't know if this was inspired, this part of the the, the amusement park thing was inspired by Dark Knight Rises when they were writing that, because this was kind of similar to that, where the police all go to one spot and get attacked, but I don't know. I'm I'm sure they read this and got things from Dark Knight Rises because Bane is the character, but...
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure they probably Uh, pulled that from it. I think They probably, you know, Bane being in the sewers with Robin and stuff, just yeah, I mean, it's not not a very faithful adaptation but you can definitely see the influence of it
0: but I don't know this I think this issue might have been the most boring out of all of them yeah it, it's, it's it is it's your so standard poison Ivy thing where she reveals herself after she's hypnotized everyone and she tries to kill everyone there at the charity and get their money makes everyone march to their new bene- and makes everyone sign their checks to a new beneficiary, which is New Eden. But Bane knows while Poison Ivy has everyone hypnotized, he can see that Batman is faking the trance. And there's more of that uh, smartness coming from Bane that Jonathan has a problem with.
2: <laughs> no, no. He, Bane never says that.
0: Yeah, Bane notices that well, when they all no, become in a trance. He, right. Yeah, he, know. he knows that he's faking it. Uh, we get Asriel work working while no police are around, just... Busting heads, just showing him. I mean, at least they're showing him working at one point. Like I said, my my biggest problem with Asriel is they didn't include him enough. Lucius almost gets the kiss of death from Poison Ivy at one point. Lucius Fox.
2: Yeah, uh, and then Batman jumps in and saves him. Yeah, fortunately, Poison Ivy right now is a really bad... In this, she's a really bad character. She just doesn't have any... They just don't don't write her good. And again, unlike the animated series going on right now, her episodes actually were pretty good. Yeah, where she's more of an eco terrorist here. I guess she is, but it's just, it's just not good. Yeah, I, I yeah. You point- could
1: have you could have swapped Poison Ivy out for pretty much any villain who wrote this same similar type of story. But the thing that I love about this issue is the sound effects. There's like a lot of them. Yes, yes. And I wrote sw- chunt down. Yeah, like it's just like you know, it's when you think of the '66 Batman show, like bam, like that's all over this issue, and I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I think I think the uh, the letterer realized that this issue kind of sucks, so <laughs> he had to like <laughs> spork and for truck and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I wrote down chunt. Batman has I noticed I noted a three man twenty foot roundhouse kick. Like he, oh, he, he roundhouses impressive. like three dudes like yeah. 20 feet away.
2: Yeah. He's like, I'm so tired, but I'm just going to do this ridiculous move anyway. We get the, yeah. <laughs> and then the,
0: the long soliloquy from Ivy and Batch just punts her in the face, which is pretty good response. Like I'd be sick of the shit too. Like I'm not going to listen to any of this. Fuck you. And just kick her. We cut back to the police station. That's the, or the police station, the, the amusement park, the police storm, the park, but it's a recording of the mayor inside and not actually the mayor. And boom, a bomb goes off and Bane is watching all of this. And that's the end of that issue. So just, just another gauntlet thing for Batman to uh, take on and another villain to take down while the police are now, the police are now attacked from Bane as well. Uh, We cut to detective Six Sixty Two by Dixon and Nolan and Riddler's men turn on him for being a fucking lame ass. Basically they're saying they're sick of his goofy shit. Yeah. And they just want to go, like, you know, rob banks like normal people and not go on this elaborate chase. But they don't understand it. But the Riddler escapes from his own goons. Riddler decides is annoyed because no one's listening to him at all. His his riddles are being ignored. And yeah. What can he do to actually get people to pay? He's like that guy on YouTube that wants more views, essentially. Look at me. Look at me. The narcissistic qualities are coming out and no one's playing along with him. So he sees a bunch of TVs uh, playing a talk show and he gets the idea of going on there. Uh, We get frustrated Robin being frustrated at Bruce and the police and everything in general because he's being ineffective. Nothing really new there. Okay, so, yeah, on this TV, Riddler sees Dr. Flanders on the late night show. I I don't think I mentioned that. He decides to go on the show. Riddler goes on the Ricky Lake show because
2: that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah, Riddler Riddler ends up on the Ricky Lake show, and he... (laughs) He stands up after they take questions from the audience, and he rattles off a bunch of riddles at once, and reveals that he has a suicide bomb around him. <laughs> Time for a riddle break. <laughs> uh. All right, Chris. What letter is never found in the alphabet? Wrong, Jonathan. Uh, what letter is in the alphabet? <laughs> Either what? of you can answer. What let? These are all the riddles he ra- rattles off, and I got the answers for him. What letter is never found in the alphabet? Whoever gets it first gets Z? a point. Z is your answer.
1: Yeah. Chris? Uh, a letter to my friends.
0: Oh. The one you mail. I'll take yeah. it. Chris gets a point. Ding. That's
2: not the... That's, okay, go ahead.
0: What travels around the world but never leaves its corner? A uh, globe? No. Chris?
1: I, um, uh, I don't know. A stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: was the letter damp?
2: Something mail related. Because it was wet.
0: <laughs> you're, you're close. Something What'd you say? Related. Something mail related. <laughs> it has postage
2: due. Yeah. Okay, that's I remember it because that's basically he's alluding to everything
1: to the post give office. A hand for
0: Edward Nigma, it is great <laughs> riddles. Oh,
1: man, fuck off, Riddler! <laughs> you're the worst part about the Arkham games.
0: <laughs> so Robin also sees us on TV and runs off towards.
2: Oh, and then you forgot the last one, though. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry? What begins with P and ends with E and has thousands of letters in it? Uh, Post Office. Ah. I got that one from reading this. I was like, oh, okay. I can figure that one out. Yeah, they're all letter related.
0: So Robin runs off and takes on Riddler. Or uh, wants to take on Riddler there since Batman's also incapacitated at the moment.
1: Other oh, elsewhere. he's taking on yeah, Firefly, he's taking on
0: Garfield at the zoo. <laughs> I hope you bring lots of spaghetti.
1: <laughs> Again, Firefly. What a fucking asshole. Who burns down a zoo?
0: Yeah, there's animals in it, man. Fucking leave them alone. They didn't do anything to you. Uh, Bats is Fuck prepared him. this time with Bat Armor Fire Protection K plus 10, though. <laughs> he also gasses out a uh, panther. Yeah. Because, yeah, he gets knocked into a panther cage by accident and just, like, knocks him out with his uh, bat mace or bat sleepy gas. The Batman fight is cutting in between with the Riddler calling Dr. Flanders Simpson Simpson Flanders a liar because Riddler's actually nuts and he keeps riddling the audience. That's a weird verb that I wrote down. The cops are also on the scene with guns pointed on Riddler? Yes. To, to take him out before he can blow anyone up. And Robin sneaks by again. The last time he did this to the cops was during Zazz. Cops are really ineffective at seeing their perimeter, I guess. <laughs> if, the, if Robin's able to sneak by a,
2: what, 15-year-old, 16-year-old? Well, he comes in the roof. I'm going to say that <laughs> there's no, nobody on the outside of the roof. They knew Riddler was inside. It shows him first coming up on the catwalks above where the snipers are on trained on Riddler. And he sneaks past them and basically just gets the drop on Riddler.
0: Still, you'd think that the police would be a little bit more effective. You would think, but this is a Gotham City, so right. Come on. We cut back to Batman versus Garf, and yeah, I said some zoo animals. He ties up Firefly after finally taking him on, and tells him that he doesn't matter, and dangles him over some crocodiles. Yes, <laughs> and just leaves him there. And he's super tired now. Like he just—I don't know how much more tired you can get him without him just showing him falling over and just passing out in his costume on top of a zoo animal at this point. But <laughs> Riddler gets angry that no one can answer his riddles and Robin finally gets a drop on him. He sprays some epoxy. epoxy onto his dead Man switch. Bullock yells at Robin for doing that because, you know, you don't just jump in on someone because he could blow everyone up. And the bomb is just a bunch of chair
2: legs and table legs that wrapped around Riddler. I thought it was hot dogs, but yeah, it's basically a fake. It, turns it out is hot dogs? I don't know. know. It's it's just, it just leg. ends up being the bomb's a fake. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. that Bullock basically yells at Robin for it, and then the guy's like, "Oh no, it's a fake bomb." It's kind of it's fine. Plot line
0: is resolved with Doctor Simpson Ned Flanders saying it's time for a change in careers.
2: He realizes that he was wrong, I guess. And that well, was cut to The Huntress, who's actually at the post office, and she captures the uh, Riddler's, Riddler's crew that yeah. was robbing the post office.
0: Yeah, and they don't recognize her. I don't know if she's in the Bat Family yet, or if this is. I don't think she has Her first this, appearance. I should have done some research on that. I but. think
2: this is one of her first appearances probably in Gotham post-crisis because okay. this is her, her old Huntress outfit. Yeah. But not the she, newer one. I know
0: she also shows up in the old Justice League International books early on, and that's post-crisis as
2: well. So Yeah, but again, Headhunter didn't know who Batman was, so these guys aren't going <laughs> to know who a B-lister like Huntress is. Come on. <laughs> You really think they pass around the who's who of superheroes kicking your butt in Arkham Asylum or something? Right. You know,
0: yeah. Huntress when she gets Riddler's gang says, "I bet no one asks who he is," referring to Batman. He get tired of that real quick. Nah, he doesn't get tired. Cut straight to fucking tired bats with his twenty headline <laughs> or his twenty uh, forehead wrinkles. Oh, he's, he's just sweating he buckets
2: because he was just wor- working yeah. in a giant inferno. Yeah, so he's wearing a Nomex suit. Which, yeah, is fire resistant, fireproof. Yeah. But guess what? It's a lot hotter because of that. And, you know, as much movement that he's doing, that's going to take it out of you. Yeah. So we got eight down,
0: he says Zaz, Firefly, Film Freak, I guess, The Hatter, Amygdala, Sturk, The Cavalier, and Poison Ivy. But he mentions that these are all second stringers and that basically the high card A list villains he has not been able to go after yet. Doesn't mention Two Face, though, but we'll get to that next episode. Cut to, let's see, issue 496 of Batman. This is the Scarecrow and Joker issue where their plot comes to a head. We get them watching the Zoo Report on TV where Batman took down Garfield and lack of friends. Sorry. Joker sees reports of Batman looking pretty weak, and he wants to go after Batman. Scarecrow is trying to think of big picture. He's like, don't worry about him. We have the mayor. We can do what we want. We don't have – he's – nothing to us at this point oh joker mentions killing robin and how he's back how he yeah he thought he killed robin but he's apparently back yeah so i guess this is the first time joker sees tim drake obviously yeah yeah because jason todd's gonna play a big role up in this as well even on the cover they show the ghost of jason todd Well wow. yeah i
2: think the cover is actually one of the most violent covers just because and don't get me wrong there's more violent covers today than there was then but um the fact that it for whatever reason, Batman apparently had his hand over Joker's mouth, and then basically Joker violently bit Batman's hand, and it's just bleeding all over the place. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Joker potato chip bashes Scarecrow, clobbers him with the bag of potato chips because you know they're they're starting to bicker each other. He tries to gas Joker, and it doesn't do anything though. Later on, Scarecrow will forget this because he tries doing this, and and uh, the part of who rules the night that chapter, he already knows it's ineffective against Joker, but I don't know. Maybe that's just an editor snafu. Bats gets a new suit, which I don't like. He goes home to change into a new fresh outfit. I would have preferred him to just stay battle damaged to show the wear and tear on him, so to speak. Yeah, but he was wearing that Nomex suit. Oh yeah, that's right, I guess. I, I don't know. It's just I, I would have preferred I like oh. when it shows battle damage. Yeah, and it torn costumes. It shows that he's actually getting worn down instead of just the I don't know, the seventieth panel of him being tired. I yeah. Mean, Take a shot every time he says he's tired. He'll be drunk in no time. They they get to the mayor's mansion because they realize that the mayor is kidnapped by the Joker and Scarecrow yes. after the whole amusement park snafu. Uh, he saves Bullock before the mayor's mansion blows up because Bullock goes in to himself for some reason. He of
2: just says, screw the bomb squad. He's yeah. about to go in, and then Batman jumps in and saves him, and then the house blows up. Yeah, and they show,
0: they show Joker and Scarecrow on a toll road in an ice cream truck. They straight up just kill this poor, innocent toll road worker. Instead of paying the toll, they just plant some fucking ice cream into his hand, and he looks at it while they drive away and just
2: murders. I'm guessing the ice cream was the bomb. Yeah, there was a yeah. bomb inside the ice cream okay. cone that they got. Yeah, gave that, him. Was, that wasn't that was
0: cool. It was just, just some fucking middle-aged dude with a mustache trying to do his job, working for the man, and just gets murdered for his... Uh, Job. Chris mentioned before, we get some weird heat seeking missiles. I don't think they're surface to air, Chris,
1: are they? Kind of looks like one, but it looks like a fictional rocket launcher, if anything, but a rocket launcher nonetheless.
2: Yeah, it's Plus just it's really, really slow moving rocket because <laughs> it does a pretty good uh, job coming around that curve, it, that turn rather well. I mean, and just. Uh, so I'm going to take my time finding the hottest heat source and then blow it up.
1: Oh, okay,
0: it, it's like that. Seat in metal it's like that part in Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation where you have to fly the Nikita missile around to blow up the uh, what is it, Chris? The electrical panel generator. Yeah, that, that's basically what they're dealing with here. Uh, it also looks like Joker is jacking off a giant dick when he's loading this rocket launcher.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty phallic
0: looking. <laughs> you and your
2: phallic your, uh, observations. I can't help it
0: when he. It, dude, that missile, the missile looks like a giant penis. It even has a head, the way it's shaded.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, now that you say that, I see it, but yeah. I wasn't looking for it at the time. I also like the
0: sound effect that uh, shoots off. Zoosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they. I mean, they, it's really good. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> it nails. But this heat-seeking missile collapses the tunnel, which forces the mayor to make Gordon send in the National Guard, which is just to get Bats to the scene first. We cut to Bane, observing if the Joker and Scarecrow had discipline. They could easily take down the city. He mentions they're just too crazy for their own good. If they could actually just reel it in, these guys would actually be formidable and rule Gotham with an iron fist. Bats goes into the tunnel alone, just like predicted, and the Joker takes the mayor while Scarecrow is muttering about doing dirty work and lamenting how the gas didn't work on the Joker and how he kind of regrets this team up because it's not going in his way, but he's able to gas Batman. And that's when all the Jason Todd memories start showing up. Uh, it's a pretty good sequence there with uh, Jim Aparo uh, drawing Batman as a desperate person while freaking out at the same time. And he just, I just noticed that they really love headbutts. in this. Yeah. He, he headbutts, headbutts the fuck Scarecrow. out of Scarecrow and just takes Scarecrow out with that one. Of course, I would imagine his cow's kind of Kevlar reinforced or something reinforced. It's not just yeah. fabric, but yeah, he takes down he takes down Scarecrow with a headbutt and then super destroys Joker while yelling Jason's
2: name over well, and over. I, I just again. like that. Disca- meanwhile, over, Joker's uh, terrorizing the mayor with a, a baby rattle, going rat- rattlers. Yeah, he thinks it's a rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah, and it just it's a funny image of the baby rattle. Yeah, so
0: I, I think this is probably the first time he gets. Retro- is, is this? The, I wonder if this is the first time he gets retribution to Joker since the Jason Todd incident. I don't Probably know. Probably not because that was like in the late 80s and this is – I think it was like 88 or 89 and this is like taking place in 1992, 1993. So I would imagine they'd have the Joker somewhere in between, especially with the movie, the Batman 89
2: movie. So I'd I don't know. we have to look and see. But you figure honestly that might be four years but that's only – I guess I feel like he yeah. probably has, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. It this seems like the first time since the death in the family where he confronts the Joker over Jason Todd, but the, the gas just causes Batman to freak out and just completely, like I said, he super destroys him. <laughs> like Joker. <laughs> I think it's like three or four pages of Joker just getting the shit kicked out of him. But then,
2: yeah, but he doesn't, what's funny is for as, as much as he beats the crap out of him, Joker still He's not like knocked out or anything. Yeah. It, but, yeah, he does destroy him. Yeah.
0: With a very timely reference uh, to Ace Ventura 2, Ace Ventura Pet Detective 2, When Nature Calls, blast him into guano. You really think that's <laughs> a, a reference? Yes, I absolutely do because that movie came out around this time and no one has said guano. Like, no one said guano until that movie came out because the whole – Chris, what was it? Back guano, was it? Yeah. They said, like, yeah. he has to eat back guano. Yeah, so blast yeah, him in the guano. Really the okay. All no right. one would know what that meant prior right. to that. So I'm pretty sure Ace Ventura 2 influenced
2: that. Okay.
0: And Scarecrow shoots a rocket at a wall in the tunnel, which causes it to
2: uh, flood. So which, I guess. Which again, is- the slow rockets, Batman's able to move out of the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it misses, super- misses him. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bats chooses to has to choose either to ah. oh,
2: wait. This what? is a key, I'm gonna say this is a key point for the next time. Batman has two options here. To either go after and stop the villains or save somebody. Batman chooses to save somebody. Yes. <laughs> Just remember that.
0: Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think. For this episode or? This will come up next episode. Okay, next episode. All right. He chooses to rescue the mayor like Jonathan says and they escape with a big tidal wave uh, chasing them down. Batman
2: does say that if he was in better shape or not as tired, he could do both, which I call bullshit on. But he does make that reference though too. So. Yeah. We cut to Detective 663,
0: Part 10. Dixon and Nolan, Bats knocks out the mayor and wraps him in a cape, basically, with an air pocket to well, get, get out of this flood. Because yeah, he has to swim
2: underneath so yeah. far to get to it. He only exit. has a one rebreather. Uh, first off, I want to point out that I don't know why, but this cover is my favorite cover of the run. I don't know why it is. I just like it a lot.
0: This is it shows Batman almost underwater with a bunch of rats on his head. Yeah. By Kelly
2: Jones, for he's like screaming. It's, it seems like in the water's like basically he basically would be drowning if he had that much water in his mouth. But.
0: Yeah, I mean it does make sense because rats. They always say that rats run away to high ground
2: when they know there's a flood coming. Yeah, I don't know yet. why it is, but it's just it's it is my favorite cover of this run. I, and
0: no, it's it's a pretty good cover. I still prefer the scarecrow. Actually, the next cover is my favorite one, but I think that's kind of unanimous with a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs>
2: well, I'm not most people.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah, bats has to knock the mayor out and put him in his cape, which is able to be sealed and have air in it. What kind of fucking cape is this?
2: A really good one. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Oh, uh, but it has enough air that since he's knocked out, he won't suffocate is all it is. No. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a, the never the, give uh, up.
1: Chris, the entire like first seven pages are just fantastic of him with the mayor getting out of the sewer. the uh, really great. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a never give up moment, akin to Amazing Spider-Man 33 with Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, where he's trying to get out from under all the rubble.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, it actually does showcase that. It, it, I mean, it's a the whole sequence actually is like one of the best ones of the whole run. I think because it's just like you said, he never gives up. Yeah. And the mayor, because he's trying to open up a hatch. And again, at this point too, the mayor is very anti-Batman. Yes. And you know he doesn't like Batman at all. And you know again, Batman being Batman he doesn't care who you are. If you're the one that's the victim, he's going to save you. You know, that's, that's basically his job. And, you know, so he basically, he does, he gets out, he opens, he finds a hatch, he opens it, he gets the mayor safe, you know, the mayor's alive. And then the mayor laments on that, that he's like, you know, he never gave up on me. He was, he, uh, he, I hate him. And I said so many bad things against him and he saved my life. And, It changed, you know. I don't know how much more we referenced the mayor in this run at all. I don't think much, but the fact that it changes his opinion on him. Yeah. I
0: think he shows up in Who Rules the Night. Like there's some fallout from there.
2: Okay. Um,
0: Yeah. The mayor tells the police that he never gave up. And yeah, he's kind of cool with some vigilantes now, I guess. Uh, We get, of course, another shot of Bird and crew just watching from afar, saying that basically it's almost that time. And then we also cut to the ventriloquist yet again. He finally finds Scarface and has the cop puppet kill the evidence room cop. So he's finally reunited with Scarface after ten issues. Nine or ten issues. Yeah. And this is, this is the part where Bane's goons, we cut back to Bane's goons and they just run a gauntlet themselves on Batman one at a time. Trogs first and this is finally since what, using the 1950s robot from the prelude. Trog actually does something. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks Batman's rib. Bats gasses themselves, which is a, uh, interesting move. They fall to another roof below them and Trog's out. So Trog sucks. Fuck Trog. They showed him like, as being like this really good heavy in vengeance of Bane, but he really hasn't done anything. I, it seems like that. I don't know. Maybe editorial realized, uh, we don't really have anything for this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, was and it was the same point I made up at the beginning of the episode where I was like, he takes the headbutt. I said it was zombie and mistakenly, but Trog, like he takes the headbutt, that's all he does, and then he just gets his ass whooped.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and again, I point out that Batman's sitting on the roof there with his back to something, and basically Trog just sneaks up on him and grabs him. That's the only way you got the drop on him is because he's just gone through this giant gauntlet. He's yeah. exhausted. The only reason that you can even wrap your arms around him and be like, and first off, he's also talk, he's also talking in third person, which drives me up a wall. But he's just, he, he's like, why are you so special to Bane? You're beneath him. You're it really seems like he's in love with Bane. Yeah, he kind of he, hates he's him. He really doesn't like Batman for being Bane's obsession. Yeah. Um. And like you said, Brian should just be the one dispenses him with like a headbutt and then gases him.
0: Yeah. And then zombies up next, and he. He's drawn pretty well. I like I like the way he, his, the black circles around his eyes make him look even deader. But he's just bullseye
2: light throwing knives at Batman. Uh, I, I like the, the well. Like you said, it's impressive because he says it takes an excellent eye to miss that accurately. Because basically, Batman's just resting his hand against a container, and then a knife just goes right in the middle of his. Index in his middle finger on the one hand, and yeah. he's just like whoop because here's like the, the thunk of the blade, and he's like whoop, what, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, but he he dispatches him pretty quickly by it's it's a pretty clever way of doing it. He I feel like runs he'd be away. dead. Batman no oh, zombie. A zombie well basically what Batman does though is he he hides but then he throws his cowl at him but the way it looks in the artwork is it looks like Batman's trying to jump get the jump on him from behind but it's just his cape Batman comes from behind and slams his head into the ground <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: he pretty he gra- hard basically zombies on top of a, a building of some sort Batman's been he was resting on the ladder and he grabs the edge of a building. Yeah, and he grabs Zombie's ankles and they just basically upends him and basically phase plants him into the built into the building. And I'm sorry, That's a truck <laughs> whatever. It doesn't That's matter. Like- <laughs> I feel like Zombie would be dead. Like that, yeah. <laughs> y- your nose is going up in your brain. He should be dead. Yeah, and but, then, <laughs> yeah, he's he's dispatched of, and then we get. Uh, but I I just like how Batman's like, that felt good, <laughs> and he has a giant smirk on his face.
0: Yeah, and. In- then we get Bird's Falcon attacking him. I love Bird's... And Batman
1: just... Yeah, he just runs away because Batman's like, I've played any video game. Bird's suck. And just runs. <laughs> Ninja <And then> Gaiden <laughs>
0: Bird's just coming after him. Uh, I, I love Bird's dumb mullet, though, and his vest. I don't know. The, the falcon falconer look. He's the only one with a look out of Bane's crew. The other guys are just generic suit <laughs> guy and generic army fatigues guy. Bird actually kicks his ass but mentions about how Bane is this awesome guy. <laughs> Bird kicks his ass and mentions how Bane is going to rule the city, which sets Bats off by punching him so hard, his knuckles go through his gloves, asking where he is while knocking him
2: out. That's yeah, I fun. just like how he basically bitch slaps him. And like you said, he just... I feel like he's pummeling him a couple times there in that image. Even though it only shows him coming back once, like you said, his knuckles are broken through. I feel like he's like yeah. just like... He, he's he's so tired. Hammering. He's like, whap, 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 and just like unleashing on him. Yeah.
0: But he doesn't get any info because he knocked him out. He goes home exhausted and comes out of the Batcave and sees Alfred collapse right in front of the clock entrance for the Batcave. knocked the fuck out. And Bane confronting him saying, It is you. I think it's a great fucking panel. Just That's how it ends. Bane ready to fucking kick his ass inside in, his the in home. And, yeah. yeah. This is the final part of Nightfall for Broken Bat. Issue 497 by Monk and Aparo. It had a weird cover flap gimmick at the time. I don't know if you remember this since we read these digitally, but the cover gimmick for it was a black-and-white flap that was only halfway covering the book. So it was not one of those covers where it was trying to avoid spoilers like a lot of gimmick covers did. But it just said, this is the end of the bat, and it was just this little black-and-white flap that didn't really – I don't know. It just – the left – Half of the page. Yeah, I remember. It's I
2: remember it. Stupid. Was this also um, uh, black bagged, like The Death of Superman was? I don't think it was. Okay.
0: Aparo's, I don't know. You don't like Aparo's artwork, Chris. How do you feel about his work? Because I think
2: he does amazing desperation here for Bruce. Oh, don't get me wrong. He draws Bruce pathetic looking. But like I said, and again, that's the way they draw him. It's just there's a big disconnect between the way the last pages is when he's coming up in Detective and he looks. He's just thinking to himself, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I don't remember. He's like, I don't even remember getting in the, the Batmobile. I don't, even, I don't even remember driving back to the mansion. And then he just comes up and he has a look of shock on his face. And then he hears Bane. And then there's like this look, like he glints his eye. And he just looks mad there. Yeah. But then you go to the next next book and he looks pathetically weak. Yeah. Which I guess he's supposed to be. Yeah. I like But it's it. just, I don't know. It just, I, again, It just... Not my Batman.
1: What say you, Chris? I, I think it's great. Um, I think the way that Bane looks is like classic 90s super bulked up guy, but it's like proportionate and it actually fucking works. Yeah. Um, like in contrast with everything. Like it doesn't look too over, to the, over the top or at least not more than it's supposed to be. Because, um, yeah, it's just like it's you and it's you about to get your ass kicked. By me, Bane, Yeah, at he, the uh, end of the issue. He's, he's
0: basically just saying what he's going to do to him. And there's this great quote by Bane that says, This, Bruce Wayne, is nothing but a mask. And one that no longer serves any purpose, although my mask. And then just, as he yeah, colossuses in with his venom and inflates fucking like a balloon animal. And then he re- finishes off by just saying, my mask still does. We... Go on to monologuing to break the bat just because he wants to. The only oh. reason he does this is because he wants Gotham.
2: Yeah, and then basically this is, is when Batman actually asks him. So you just broke them all out for no reason just to make me tired? Yes. Batman. Batman's like, God damn it! Why did not I listen to everybody?
0: Yeah, he he wants Gotham because Batman has it. Because fuck you is basically Bane's mission. Because he, I mean, he lived in that prison his whole life, so he had nothing to do, and he. Uh, he wanted something that he couldn't have, and Alfred wakes up just in time to see Batman put his take off his Hugh Hefner robe that he put on last issue when he was going up to, into the when he was going up from the Batcave. He puts on his mask and eighteen pages of Batman getting his ass kicked. He does not land a single blow on Bane in this entire fight, which was pretty impressive. Like I thought they would. Remembering this before I read it, I thought Batman would get a few strikes on him, but like he jumps at Bane and. Never gets a thing of offense on him. And Bats is recalling everything from the prelude that we covered last episode up until now about how he was getting worn down and Bane is kicking him down the stairs into the bat cave while Al- Alfred goes off to get help from uh, Tim.
1: Again, there's we one. We get to see our friend's tattoo and we get to see our friend's metal head real quick. Uh,
2: was Headhunter shown in that? Oh, he is there. He like is? I said, he's, yep. he's shown kicking, Batman, kicking in Batman, the head, Batman in the head, which did not happen <laughs> at all, which pisses me off. But Aparo drew that issue. So here's the one thing. Um, and I don't know what it highlights. But maybe Batman being stupid. Remember last issue, whenever we were talking about our last episode, when we we're talking about Batman, I don't even remember if it was last one or the one before it, when Batman, when he went to the doctor and he got the clean bill of health and all this other stuff. Yeah. Batman right here mentions that he's been passing blood for weeks. <laughs> okay, you went to the doctors and you didn't tell them you've been pissing blood for weeks. What? What was what? he saying? Is he literally saying pissing blood? He says passing too much punish- punishment. Punt, blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. Too much punishment, overwhelming odds, passing blood for weeks, racing for death. My whole life. Do you think they mean that by pissing, though, or
0: just you know he's just constantly bleeding?
1: I mean passing like i don't that's know. if it ain't peeing it's pooping
2: yeah i mean like rubbing ain't right if, if you ain't rubbing if you ain't racing or if you tell somebody i've been passing whatever you know that like if i said oh, i have been I was passing blood last night you know they're heating yeah. blood that 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 only unfortunately
1: means one thing
2: who do you think made batman pee blood i don't know but he didn't tell us this before and batman's a really bad so it tells me i he's, bet it was
1: metalhead ugh. yeah it had to be metalhead
2: He's not, all I can say is he obviously doesn't trust those doctors because he didn't tell them all <sighs> those medical stuff that might have been important. He could have cancer. He could have cancer. It's a little embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's not, but he should still tell somebody. You think Alfred would at least know? Yeah. So we get
0: we just get him running through all that. I'm sorry, Chris. Were you going to say something before we went off on that tangent about piss and
1: blood? No, no. <laughs> okay. I'm good on the piss and blood.
0: <laughs> okay, so we get to the final after the final page after. Alfred is off getting Tim. Bane just says, I won't kill you. Instead, I will simply... And then the the infamous splash page of him saying, break you. And and this <laughs> is the moment where Bane finally breaks his back. This is what we've been leading up to for two months now, at least in the podcast timeline. And he just wa- he just looks down on
2: this as says, broken and done. Bane the whole time is basically complaining to Batman that he's like a giant disappointment of a fight and all this other stuff. What did you expect... He's not hopped up on freaking steroids like you. He just went through this giant gauntlet. I mean, yeah. don't get me – and again, he's you know the villainy, whatever. But he's like constantly saying, you're in a dis- you're a disappointment. You're I expected more from you. I think that's just more mental I shit. think so too, but it's just a funny that him saying it. And I'd also like to wonder how much – because Batman basically gets trapped under the penny for a second, and then he gets pulled out from underneath it because like right there, the penny – Oh, yeah, the giant penny in the back The bat penny cave. falls onto – Yeah. I'm going to say – his buttocks, lower spine area. So that if he wasn't pissing blood, then, He's definitely pissing well, blood. I'm now. Saying that probably had something to do with him <laughs> breaking his back as well. And then Bane rips him out from underneath that and slams him
0: into a car. Yeah, he he pulls him out from that penny. And um, I think this is a great fight, even though it's just one handed. The fat the the brutality of Bane just throwing him around like a ragdoll well, constantly. And is, again,
2: now that I like I said, now I've read this I don't know how many times now and. The more I think about it, they were writing it this way, but it, I'll just say that it it, it happened. That Bane made the worst choice of his life by not actually killing Batman, like he was planning on, right? Because well, basically, I mean, Batman uses this as a catalyst to become an even better at everything. Yeah, but, and you know, DC's be, not gonna. Just, I, I know that. Yeah. I know that DC's not going to do that. But it's like it's just an, it's an interesting cause and effect that they basically use this as I'm going to say a metamorphosis for the character to make him a, yeah. make him a better character crime fighter than he was before. And so I'm going to stay with that.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that's basically it. Uh, what would you guys rate this? Oh, wait, first off, Chris, what would you rate the prelude? We never got your rating for that. Cause I need to get your average later.
1: So the prelude, I would say a five. I didn't really think it was as entertaining as the actual nightfall run here. Um, you could either take it or leave it, um, you know, Fuck fuck Headhunter, you know, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's definitely a five. It's a take or leave it, and if you leave it, you're not missing too much, I don't think. Okay. What
0: are you going to rate this, Broken Bat?
1: But, yeah, Broken Bat, part one, two, eleven. That I got to go with a solid eight, I would say. Um, Overall, really good. Um, I think... It starts off super great up until issue 5 starts to go downhill a little bit, and then it goes right back. It gets kind of mediocre, and then goes right back up. Uh, So it dips down a little bit, but overall, very exciting uh, run for Batman. A lot of stories going on at once, although not all of them hit. Yeah, I think it was... uh, It's definitely a great story for the Batman mythos, and you should definitely read it.
2: Okay. Jonathan? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay.
0: My dog doesn't agree with you, apparently.
2: Oh, <laughs> a seven? <laughs> yeah, a seven. Just, uh, did you want to go into why, or do you think it's... Um, I, I give it a seven just because like, it, like, it started off strong, and it lolled in the middle. Uh, it spent too much time on... I like Firefly as a character, but rereading it again, they he they spent too much time on him for no reason. They could have used other they could have did something with other characters. Uh, the poison ivy thing was completely boring. I mean, Mad Hatter was a better story than the Poison Ivy one in my opinion. I I just give it a 7.
0: I give it a 7 too. It feels like if they had more time and parsed things out a little better and it wasn't so slingshotty all over the place like just these constant B, C, D and E plots. It probably would have been a lot smoother, like you said. Like we mentioned, the poison ivy stuff was super boring. Uh, a lot of like D listers. We don't know where, at least for now, we don't know where Two Face is, and other you would imagine high tier people that broke out of varcom didn't know who Cornelius Stark was, didn't care about Cornelius Stark. But the 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 final the final issue is well done. Like I've, I gushed about already. Minus I, I like
2: that it he gave Headhunter a free kick. Yeah. That he didn't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love how
0: they just treated the super shitty villains is nothing like Cavalier and the murder of film freak. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could, it could have been a little better. Uh, Bane's crew wasn't really proportioned out, right? Like we mentioned, trog and zombie got no time. Whereas bird was constantly harassing them. It was kind of neat to see Bane go up against croc again, yeah, like the villains and stuff like that. So it's not like they were all working for him, but yeah. Uh, seven, which averages out a 7.3 for us. Okay. Um, I also just did the math for the prelude. Five point six seven for that. Yeah, so no. yeah. And I mentioned last week that we had a question. And if you have a question, you can email it into therunpod at gmail.com, Chris.
1: Thereunpod at gmail.com.
0: Okay, and this comes in from Linda. What's your guys' take on variant covers? Do you go out of your way to get them? Do you have a variant do you have a favorite variant or gimmick cover?
2: Uh I'm fine with variant covers. Um, some of them, uh, the one thing I actually like that DC is doing currently with var- their variant covers. I don't know if you're aware of this is that they when they give you the variant, it's blank. Um, there's so no the artist can draw on them. Well it, not, not blank blank. I mean that the when I say blank, um, <clears throat> it's an alternate cover, but like the Batman headline or the Superman headline or the whatever title headline is not there. It's in the very bottom, like left to right, you see the title. The issue number, it it, it doesn't take away from the whole art of the page, Mm -hmm. whereas some variants, you get them, and then the title's there, and it's like, oh, I can't see it. Um, I think D.I.D.W. started this a while ago because I have a a variant of G.I. Joe number 2 drawn by, um, what's his name, Johnson? Dave Johnson. Yes. Uh, It's the issue where Snake Eyes is plunging his sword into the Cobra logo, Uh and it's a completely – it's just the art. That's the variant, and there's no lettering, no nothing to take away from it. Uh-huh. So I think that's where they got the idea from. That some of them are better than others. I don't is a overall. It's whatever for me. The only one actually I've been looking for, um, and I I actually have two of them, but I you know I, I'd like to get one graded as the highest I can get. Unfortunately, the issues I have, I had them graded, and they're not not good quality for me to grade. But and note, it's an issue of Snake Eyes and um, Storm Shadow, and it it's an homage to, um, Princess purple rain. Okay. And Oh, with the motorcycle. Yeah. And so it's uh, snake eyes on a motorcycle with Baroness in the background up in the top. And I actually have one of those with Batgirl, uh, for DC, which is pretty cool. And like I said, I do actually have the issue from IDW, but they're not good quality. And it's interesting that I randomly will search online or on eBay. And if anybody has them graded, they have not put them up for sale. They, 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 yeah, I have these two variants, and even just the variant by itself, I can't find them anymore on eBay. Hmm. So, but that's my start. Favorite, going the cons, so that's your favorite one, Jonathan contemplates.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess it's not my favorite one.
2: Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite favorite one, but that's the one. Like, if hey, if anybody out there has one and they're willing to part from with it, uh, I'm looking for a high graded one. Like I said, that's the only one I'm looking for right now. But I, mm-hmm. I like that for whatever reason. I like, like I said, I have the back row version of that. I like that that variant, whenever it's stupid, but I like that Prince album and I like the variant using that Prince logo or that Prince art, I should say, or whatever it is.
0: Okay. Chris,
1: uh, me, I personally do not worry about variant covers, although they are really cool. Um, if by happen chance, if I'm getting like issues and I see one, I'll make like an effort to grab it, but I don't actively seek them out. Okay. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, working at the comic book store and realizing what it takes to get variants and stuff is really interesting. Like ordering, only get like yeah, you can only have like there's some variants where you can only have one per every 250 issues of the regular one that you yeah, order. Saying insane. Like that. super insane. Um, my favorite variant cover, I think the one that I can think of off the top of my head is it's one. Of, I think it's Spider Man. 600, something or other. Uh, it's the one where it looks like Spider-Man 300, uh, but it's Doc Ock because it was right when Superior Seven hundred was happening. Yes. Yeah. 700, yes. Yeah, that's 700. yes. That's probably my favorite variant cover.
0: Okay. I don't like variant covers where it basically dick teases me with the artist. If you have Marcos Martin do a cover, I'm going to think that Marcos Martin does the interior work, and then you have someone else do it that really, I hate that. Especially if it doesn't say variant on it. Well, that could
2: be said with a lot of times now. Though you have regular artists, or just, yeah, just the covers.
0: Yeah. I'm not a fan of just I am, and I'm not at the same time. Like I, I'm, I appreciate their work. Like you have people like Joe Casada, who doesn't do yeah any interiors now. He'll, he'll just do covers. And it's like oh fuck, he's doing work, and then you find out oh it's it's just him on it. Like, Carrie yeah. Andrews is another one from back in the day.
2: Yeah, he did all those Hulk. Covers. Tim Sale was doing – like when the new um, – whenever the newest reset of the DC stuff started a couple years ago. Um, uh, Rebirth? Yeah. Uh, Tim Sale – they DC had a 50-50 variant with all their books. Okay. And um, Tim Sale was doing all the variants for the Batman. Yeah. And I knew he didn't draw the book, but I didn't care. I was getting all – like because I his Batman – I love Tim Sale's Batman art. So I got all the Tim Sale variants. Um, but th- actually what you mentioned, Chris – I don't know how many, how many of our re- or re- listeners know this. I'm hoping some of them do if we ha- have enough. But what I actually hate about the variants, though, is I noticed this. Um, and, and being so close friends with Jeff over at Arkham uh, gift shop, he's told me this, that like a lot of the variants, like, yeah, right. Some of them, people charge you $200 for a variant because they have to buy 200 regular covers. Right. they got to gotta get make that up variant. that cost. There are some where it's just a 50-50 variant where – The dealers can buy as many as they want. Yeah. And what pisses me off about some of these comic book shops, you'll go in there and you'll see they have a variant section Mm -hmm. and they're charging three times the cover price for these variants. When I know that they're easily accessible for everybody and it's, it's it's highway robbery. And I feel bad for anybody that's stupid enough, unfortunately to pay those prices because they can just, it's just as easy to get it. And it's just, it's not Right. And, and that's my you, favorite variant cover. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's just it's 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 not right. It, the ones that you have to get a lot for, maybe it's, I'm fine with you charging that much money, but if yeah. it's just as easily you can you can just you can just order all of a variant cover if you want to, but people yeah. will still charge them 20 bucks an issue when it's it's not right.
0: No, that, you're right. I agree. Um Agreed. Uh, what also was going to say my I like gimmick covers from the 90s. I love them. My favorite one is I got two different types that I really like. The chromium ones, which you see with X-Men Omega and X-Men Alpha from Age of Apocalypse. Uh, Maximum Clonage was uh, uh, Omega was also one of them. If I recall glow in the dark covers the best Uh, ghost Rider number 15 from the nineties. I think it would be volume one or maybe volume two. I don't know, but it's just a, it's just a coot. Andy Kubert did the art, but it's just ghost Rider glowing his head, but it glows in the dark. And then the coolest one it's, Kind of an unknown. It's Daredevil number three twenty one. It's meta because the villain is invisible, so only Daredevil can hear him. It's like a demon of some sort. Okay, and it shows up as a it shows up in the dark. It, when it glows in the dark. Yeah, oh, okay. because of his radar yeah. senses, which that's is cool. really neat. I believe that's around the time Armored Daredevil becomes a thing as okay. well. So, but yeah,
2: yeah, I think Chromium covers were kind of cool as a gimmick. Uh, they cost so much though. Like back in the day, it was. Well, they like, did, then. now it's DC just did one with their. 50th issue of the current runs of stuff. Everyone had a chromium variance. Yeah. It was regular priced. Oh. Um, it wasn't that it was like anything special They you could just get them as a regular cover. Yeah. I liked when they did um, forever evil a yeah. couple years ago and they did that lenticular cover, which was like a 3d motion one. And yes. the, it did all the villains covers. I really liked that a yeah. lot.
1: Yeah. I was working at the comic book store when that stuff was going on. <laughs> that's a bitch to put out, but it, yeah, they were cool.
0: But yeah, that's, so, uh, Unless anyone else has anything else. I'm sorry, Chris. Were you going to say something else? Nah,
1: no. No.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Next episode is going to be Who Rules the Night, the follow-up to Broken Bat. And we finally get to see Armored Batman and As Bats, whatever you want to call him, in all his system glory. So until next time, Chris.
1: Dude, we have not come up with a sign-off yet.
2: Uh, uh, well, same uh, podcast time, same podcast <laughs> No, channel. no. I refuse. Well, we'll figure it out.
0: We'll figure it out. Until next time. What, say it again?
2: Until next time. And
1: until next time.
0: Wow, you stuck with the show to the end. This show was produced and edited by me as well as those OSA lovely vocals were by me. Also, a special thank you to Kimberly Lee for the show art. You can see more of her work at KimberlyLeeArt.Weebly.com. If you truly enjoyed this, please share it and tell a friend and vote us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use. That would help us out tremendously. Thank you so much for listening.